to the Mostly Pod Out at Night, Mostly. I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host, Salem. Hello. This is episode 22 of our weekly All Things Horde podcast. Tonight, we'll be going to our third week of the 13 Slays of Christmas. We're almost done. Let's get this going. So this week, we'll be discussing the three Black Christmas movies. Those were from 1974, 2006, and 2019. Now, the, now these are all the same movie they're all reboots of the same movie <laughs> not sequels i had originally thought that they were sequels not remakes of the same movie obviously yes. I, i've never watched any of these before but yeah i I'd made the mistake of thinking there was black christmas then two then three but no they're all the same name just came out in different years yes these this is a rarity for a slasher franchise to not have sequels just purely remakes or reimaginings right. which is pretty interesting for what these are yeah um so and and this this week we'll be doing number of peepholes out of ten. For anyone that doesn't know this, you'll we'll explain why it's peepholes. For everyone that does know it, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll be tag teaming these recaps. You know, just going through them as we normally do, first thoughts and all our normal stuff. And in all your nice lists, we'll be determining if this is given to someone because they're on your naughty list or on your nice list. So whether you want to punish them or reward them. So, we're going to start off chronologically, as we should, because the first one is 1974, Black Christmas. Um, you know, regarded as really kind of the first slasher, you know, modern-day slasher, right? We, we've discussed this before, that Psycho is kind of the first slasher, just because of what it is. Um, but this is definitely one of the, considered the, you know, the, the grandfather of slashers, while you did this first Halloween kind of perfected it in a way. Um, yeah, that's I mean, fair. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Halloween just kind of sharpened um, the edge that was, that was forged with this movie, I think. Yes. And we do see a lot of tropes coming from this movie too, which we'll be discussing as we get into this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, kind of the, the background of this is this takes place at a century, a sorority house. Um, right. It's a you know, big sorority house. These are always huge. I've never been to a fraternity house, a sorority house, but like everyone having their own room. I don't know how realistic that is. <laughs> um, I've, I've never been in one either. I mean, I don't, I don't, I basically only know, I've seen them in like movies and TV. I never was cool enough to go to either one of those kind of houses but um i mean from what i understand i mean i guess it, i think it depends on on the college yeah um, but i mean i think uh, it depends on the college and how big the sorority is but i think sometimes you get their room sometimes they have to like bunk up with somebody just like a dorm room yeah um i think it's yeah it just depends on you know how much money they have or how much space they have how big the college is that kind of stuff right but they seem to get bigger with each movie <laughs> uh yeah yeah, they seem to have more space, right? <laughs> right. Um, so the the first one, 1974, kind of starts with a kind of a shadowy figure uh, climbing into the you know the exterior on the sorority house, um, and we see him enter the attic. Now, this is a sorority sister Christmas party. 
Um, you know, so they have the sorority mom there, and you know, this is kind of just a kind of the exposition dump that we get for these movies, right? We it's a good way to introduce everyone, you know, to to the audience watching. Um so you know, just kind of going around and then the house phone rings and I'd say Jess, she's the main girl, um, answers it. And it's kind of just like a moaning, obscene-ish type phone call, right? They're like heavy breathing, moaning, and just like almost like a weird little rant, uh, just an incoherent rant. Um, yeah, but with a lot of vulgar language. Right. <laughs> yeah, like talking about like what they're going to do to these women and, and stuff like that. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I vulgar. I, I thought it was especially vulgar. I mean, especially considering the time period that this nineteen seventy four. I was like, wow, those are some bold words for seventy four. But yeah, um, I, we could repeat them all, but there are some heavy words in there yeah. that most people don't like to use. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> words that I don't even feel comfortable using. So, like the c word. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Every other word's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all the connecting words are okay. Right, yeah. So, that, like I said, that's big R rating just from those phone calls. I would say, right, right. Um, so she kind of just calls in the other girls so they can all kind of hear this obscene phone call. Um, so yeah, Rance, he's kind of he's like screaming. He's almost like you can see the precursor of Ghostface. Like when he gets into his rant and scream and like you know I'm like you like a fish like that type of violent screaming I would say right um right so um yeah I mean yeah they're, they're the the sorority girls are startled as I would be too. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. I mean that kind of language, and yeah, like the uh, the yeah, Margot Kidder. I don't remember her character's name, but you know she's kind of trying to blow it off and trying to play it as a joke. But I mean, it gets bad enough to where everyone is offended. Yeah, and, and everyone is offended, and everyone is like scared. Like, okay, this is over. We need to stop this. This is bad. Right, and you know, initially, yeah, I think her name's Barb. She Barb, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm not taking this shit, and she starts talking back right mm-hmm. and just call him out and just going essentially what we consider the crazy mario kidder now right <laughs> back to him and then he kind of just like you know i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna gut you all that stuff right right and again yeah like you know she was trying to you know laughing it off and then all you see her face go into a frown as he starts yeah. talking back like again everyone is upset after this phone call right but you know um barb is very drunk <laughs> I think that's just her default. <laughs> like her default <laughs> in this movie is just being drunk. I don't think she's ever sober in the movie. Right. Right. And we do see that carry on to the other ones as well, that there's someone just plastered all the time. Right. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, unease already put into the story house. Um, I believe one of the students goes, you know, that this is potentially a rapist, which, you know, slasher films, seventies film, that was a big thing. Obviously like I spent your grave, you know, uh, last house on the left, stuff like that, that, that is a very heavy topic 
in this already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know she she goes to pack because you know it's it's Christmas break, and um, you know people are leaving and going back home for Christmas break. Not everyone, but uh, you know some people are going, and you know Claire goes to uh, go. Um, and she's as she's packing, um, she doesn't notice that there's, you know, someone in was it her closet? Yeah, yeah, it was her closet. She had like, I mean, well, again, I, I, I don't know if this is a sign of the times or whatever, but she had like a bunch of like plastic, like almost like plastic you'd see over hangers from like the dry cleaners, yeah, like, just hanging up in her closet. Uh, and she goes up and takes a bunch of stuff from the closet, and she's packing, and then she looks back, and then you can obviously tell there's like somebody behind the plastic and she sees it too and she she keeps going like who's there who's there who's there but she keeps walking towards it right um and then of course when she gets right next to it um yeah the guy jumps out puts a bag over her head and you know and you see like the you know the air suck in right like she's being yep. strangled and then it and then it cuts away yeah yeah and uh, that's a that's a that scene is there's a scene like that in every one of these movies with Correct. that plastic bag. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. At least yeah, one scene with a plastic bag going over somebody's head. And now, yes. Right. So, yeah, I think she was distracted also by a cat. So there's cats in all of these as well. Well, Claude. Yeah. There, Claude. I don't think there was a cat in the second one. Uh, no, you're right. There wasn't in the third, though. No, the first one. Yeah. Because the first one, the cat's name was Claude. And then in the third one, the cat's name was Claudette. Right. <laughs> For so reasons well that we'll get into later, but um, <clears throat> yeah, but so um, yeah, but then she ends up like you know they show her face in the plastic and they show her in a rocking chair by a window in the attic. Well, I yeah, okay, I didn't notice that at first. I thought that was just in her room. I didn't really put together that the you know that the body was moved to the attic. Like I thought it was like in her room, and everybody kept saying after that, like, oh, you know, oh, she's not answering her door. Oh, she's not answering her door. And it's like it's not, you know, and they kept like stressing the point, like, oh, I don't want to go in her room because that's, you know, trespassing, like, blah blah blah. I'm like, she's sitting right there. Like, <laughs> just open the door and you'll see what happened. But then I realized later on, like, they opened the door and they went in there. And I was like, well, how come she's not there? And then I, then I put it together later on. I was like, oh, they did show the rocking chair in the attic when they showed him sneaking in. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't fully grasp that until like after they went in the room, which right. is a little, which, a little bit the, later which on. The ad comes into play, obviously, in in the second one as well. Right, right, right. So I, obviously, then yeah, you got it. Like because we saw him sneaking the attic, the rocking chair. It's almost like he's living in the attic. You know, there's that. I would say weird doorway. Like I don't know how you're going to carry somebody up that metal stairs into that opening. It's like, well, yeah, it's it's a ladder. It's a built-in ladder on a wall with like a typical attic hatch at the top. Right. So yeah, it would take uh, a, I mean a good deal of strength um, to get a person up there. But to be fair, there was that like pulley system. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if he used that. I mean, obviously this that's all off screen. So I mean, maybe he used that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and it's just it's just weird because like. I don't think the I don't think the rocking chair would fit the opening. <laughs> I mean, that's like fair. it was built up in it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I, yeah, I, I didn't put two and two together that that rocking chair was not in her room; it was in the attic until later. Right. I probably should have thought of that earlier, but I did not. Yeah. Um. So I think that's all. Pretty much what happens. The party wraps up, and you know, 
still don't see who the killer is. We just know someone's in the attic, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, kind of like she is supposed to be going home the next morning. Her father shows up to take her home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't show up. So what he goes, he assumed that she went to like the frat house. Well, they were having like a, a breakfast thing. So like they had like, you know, some dude dressed up as Santa who I'm guessing was like, or no, he was one of the the other girls' boyfriends. Yeah, who was dressed up as Santa, and they were going to like you know whatever disadvantaged kids or whatnot. Yeah, um, to like you know do the Santa thing, um, and they were over, they were over at that guy's frat house. Um, but there was, so they they said, oh, I you know all, a lot of the girls went there. Maybe she's there. So he goes there. She's not there. Then he goes back to the house, and they're saying, oh no, she went to the party. Like no, she's here. We're like, oh well, she's not here. And then that's when they go up into the room. And that's what I was like, open the door. She's right there. But then she wasn't. I mean, um, so yeah, so obviously, it, it, you know, they see that her stuff is still there. Like she didn't like leave because like her suitcase and everything is still there. So that at that point, they know she's missing. So then they go to report the, to the police that she's missing. Um, yeah. Because obviously her suitcase and her clothes and everything are still there. She did not leave. You know, obviously the dad's there to pick her up. So something's wrong. Right. Um, so they go there. Yeah. Margot or, or sorry, Barb is there like drunk, like messing with the cops. Yeah. The, I mean, like the house mom is also like drunk. Yeah. What what street do you live on? Oh, Felicio Drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was the phone number because they were using the, oh, um, yeah. the, yeah, the old school like exchanges where they had like, uh, you yeah. know, like a word or like numbers like letters and numbers to like use the exchange because you had to like talk to the operator to make calls. I mean, obviously this is before my time. I don't really know how that all worked, but that's, that's what they were going in. Yeah. And we do see that those big ass switchboards later on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole call tracing thing is hilarious, but um, I mean, this is obviously 74. That was peak technology at that time. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think while this is, I think this, while this is going on, that Jess goes and goes meets her boyfriend. Um, and this is where we get some even heavier stuff for a horror movie. You know, she tells him that she's pregnant, but she's going to get an abortion. Right. Um, um, which and angers, again, his, ang- angers the, the, the boyfriend. Like, you know, hey, I'm the father. I should have some say. Um, you, know, you shouldn't do this. We need to discuss this later on. Right. I mean, and, and this scene is, is odd because I mean, I, I, I mean, I know this is 74, but really it, it feels like their relationship is more like a business relationship. Like it, <laughs> it, they do not feel like they're actually like in like a, a loving relationship at all, even though like, you know, he does say, I love you. And she just says, I know. I mean, she doesn't even like give it back to him. So it really feels like there's nothing going on. I don't, I don't think it's like movie chemistry. That's the problem. I think it's just that relationship i think it was meant to be that way um but yeah also also the the secondary thing is just to note is that this is 74 and and roe v wade was passed in 73 right so this is when this was wrote and filmed it was like during that whole you know hubbub so it's an interesting little subplot that they threw in here just because it was one of the you know the hot issues at the time Right, which is goes into what we've discussed a lot previously is that horror movies are a uh, uh, they're almost a time capsule for the fears that are going on in society at that point in time. This is just another example of that. You know, we have seventies with Roe v. Wade, and that discussion is brought into it. You know, like we have Satanic Panic in the eighties and stuff like that. So we do see 
that societal change portrayed in in horror movies, and we'll discuss that obviously with the last one of the, yes. the three. Yes, um, yes. But it's kind of like the hot topic, the 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 pressure points, the pain points, uh, what's going on, and fears in society. And this is a really good example of it. Especially yeah. the whole abortion subplot. I mean, that's right. a huge thing in the seventies, and rightfully so. You know, it's well, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is yeah, this is the era where you know women are are starting to take their own power, right? right. This is where they're starting to get you know recognition. I mean, obviously, they have a long way to go in the seventies, but the seventies is like you know the start of all this kind right. of stuff. Roe v. Wade is is the start of that movement in a lot of ways, and I think this was just their kind of nod to that um and it's i mean it's good i mean again this subplot does not take over the whole movie by any means it's just an interesting um i mean i mean yeah that it it does come into play later with peter the boyfriend being angry and all that jazz right right so you know we we they go to you know the police station they talk to stuff and we do get introduced to a classic horror icon john saxon um Right, he was, he was also in Enter the Dragon. Oh, for horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Enter the Dragon. Sure, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I've seen Enter the Dragon so many times, and he's he's in that movie, and so that's where I know him from. But yes, I'm sure he's been in a lot of other things. Right, he plays cops a lot in horror movies. He's yeah. he's the cop. He plays a, he plays like a proto Johnny K or. Yeah, Johnny Cage in Enter the Dragon. Huh. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's like I said it comes in comes into play later. Um, also, another subplot is there's a girl, another high school girl that's gone missing, and there's news reporters, and it's like you know right down the street, right? Um, which we find out later on that, uh, yeah, I mean it's pretty much where we were. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, basically, they they go back. Um, yeah, everybody else goes out to like go search, you know, because it's starting yeah. to get dark by this point. So they go out to go search, and the the house mom is going to go like stay at her sister's for the holiday. Yeah. So she says, "If I'm not here when you get back, it means I went to my sister's." And then they leave, and then she like you know starts packing, and then she hears the cat meowing, claw. Yeah. Claw. Um, and she's like, "Oh, where are you at?" And she's like looking all around the house. Um, and there's a scene earlier where she was looking around, but she didn't find him. But anyway, so now she hears the cat again, so she's looking for it. Um, and then she hears that it's coming from the attic. So she she climbs up into the attic and she like opens up the hatch and she's like looking around. Um, and eventually, and she can't she can hear him, but she can't see anything. And then, but she sees um, Claire sitting in the uh, the rocking chair. Yeah. At that point, she kind of knows something's wrong, and then she turns around and she sees, um, you know, whoever it is. We don't know at this point. And then they have like a a hook on a pulley system that they throw at her, and apparently like hooks her in the throat or something. Um, yeah, we we see her body. We don't see what happens to her here, but we see her body later, and her, the hook is like in her throat. Yeah. Um. I mean, the also the interesting thing to note about this movie is the whole like you know the the first person like heavy breathing, you know, like kind of yeah menacingly you know moving around and watching things and stuff like that i know yeah, the, it's been done previous to this but i mean this really emphasized the oh yeah absolutely which like i said you know michael myers went right. through that too he had heavy breathing right um also of note that at this time uh barb still sloshed out of her mind yes got put to bed so he's she's not part of the search she's kind of left in the house by herself 
well, not by herself, but they put her to bed. Then mm-hmm. they go looking, and then the house mother gets killed. Um, now they do find the girl's body, and she's horribly mangled, right? Right. Like the, the, horribly, the younger, yeah, the younger yeah. girl that went missing. Yeah. So they're they're doing a search party for the missing sorority girl, but they end up finding the child. Yeah. Instead, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I believe. Uh, yeah, so they, you know, they they find the body. They're like they're very, very distraught by this, and they kind of go back to uh, the story house. The house mother's not there. Barb is still sleeping her drunk off, right? <laughs> um, then I believe they get another phone call. Yes, and they're going okay. Now they're thinking that maybe this person's tied to the murdered high school girl. And rightfully so, because it's literally like right down the street. Right. Um. So, what she they get another just nasty ass phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know she they're going okay, we have to report this again, right? So it's not just a one time thing, right? Well, yeah, I think the, the important thing to note is this time. This time, though, in the in incoherent screeching and breathing, um, we do start to hear. Uh, Billy and Agnes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's not kind of incoherent. I mean, it's it's you don't really know what's going on. It's like all these like weird disjointed sentences. Yeah. Um, but it's like yeah, Billy, something happened with Agnes. You know, whatever, all kinds of weird stuff. But anyway, those those names are mentioned in, in this scrambled yeah. speech. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um. You know, so she was gonna she's gonna go. Um, and then she, I believe she talks to Peter again. He's like, all right, I got to do things right. We got to get married. Well, he, he was, the interesting thing here is he was, he said that he was asleep upstairs in the house. Right. Okay. Which is again, odd. But, um, so while she's on the phone with the police, Peter comes down and scares her. Um, but you know, she's on the phone with the police and, you know, they're trying to, you know, figure out what else they can do. The death sergeant guy just kind of blows it off and just, right. you know, just writes a report and then just kind of leaves it on the desk saying that, oh, yeah, we'll have, I don't know if you even know if we can get somebody out there to look at it type of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Pete, the boyfriend trying to convince her to marry, she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Also, I'm still getting an abortion. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, she, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll fix this whole situation. Let's get married. And she's like, you know, that's the whole reason why I want to get an abortion in the first place is because I have things I want to do. She has a life that she wants. To live. Right. Yeah. She has a life. You know, she has a plan for dreams that she, you know, doing in the future. And the, and the kid is going to get in the way of that. And he is like trying to like, well, we'll just get married thinking that, oh, you know, that's what you really want. Right. You don't want your dreams. You just want to get married and have a kid. And she's like, no. <laughs> I have right. my own things and being married is not going to help that. And he's like, well, you can still follow your dreams when we're married. And, you know, again, yeah. it's obvious that this relationship is not going to work. And she basically says, you know, we're done. And then he gets very, very distraught and then leaves. Right. And then actually, that, actually has to get, doesn't he, do they like escort him out or does he leave in a huff? I don't remember. He leaves he, in the huff way. while he leaves in the huff while John Saxon comes in with the phone technician. So okay, right, they, they see right. him angry, which is a big plot point as well, right? Right. Well, yeah. To be yeah, to be fair, John, the desk sergeant guy, which is the same guy that Margot Kidder was messing with, 
Um, he doesn't see the connection between these, you know, two reports. Um, yeah. But thankfully, John Saxon and then the other detective guy do. And they basically figure out like, hey, this girl is missing from this place and this place is also getting nasty phone calls. You know, these things are connected. We should go check it out. So that's why they go immediately to the house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they put in, you know, a, a bug into the phone. They're like, you know, you have to keep when next time he calls. You know, the way it's going to work is it's going to ring to a phone on my desk. I'll be, it'll ring, I'll pick it up, which they'll tell the phone tech to start tracing the call, which is a huge manual process. Like, you have to keep them on as long as possible. Okay, well, yeah, also also note that these are big, huge desk phones that are rotary phones. I mean, these are as old school as you could get. Yeah. I don't like, even think they have touch-tone phones at this point. No, yeah, like physically wired right right um so yeah that's that's pretty like so that's a plot point we get to see like the the it room essentially right (laughs) right right. (laughs) which is huge like the that is stuff in like is amazing okay well uh, interesting (laughs) tangent story i don't don't know if you want to hear this or not but um when i was a kid uh my first stepdad worked for at&t Okay. Um, and now, for some reason, I don't know why he worked nights. Like he worked like the graveyard shift. Um, and for some reason, every once in a while, me and my sister would go on like sleepovers at his work. I don't know because he was the only person there at night. Hmm. So it was like this giant phone company place. Um, that he was just at by himself. I mean, I honestly don't know what he did. I know he did some computery type stuff because that was the first experience I really had with computers. Was there? Yeah, um, this was I mean, this is in the, the 80s, you know, the mid 80s, mid to late 80s. So, like, I don't I mean, we barely did anything. I remember playing like a text based RPG there <laughs> and like typing out papers to like print on the big dot matrix printers. I mean, that was ah. um, I remember me and my sister writing the um, they had like these paper shoots, you know, because they had like these big giant bins for like recycling and shredding paper. Yeah. Um, And we would like go in the shoot from like the of one floor down to the bottom, which is probably extremely dangerous. We should not have done that. <laughs> um, but anyway, what, what, the point I'm getting to is here, we would bring our roller skates because again, we had our own roller skates. This was the mid eighties. I mean, roller skates <laughs> were a big thing at the time. So we would bring our roller skates and we would roller skate around. Like they show that room with all the different phone exchanges and stuff like that. Yeah. So we were in a room like that, but slightly updated because it's about 10 years after that point. Um, and there's, a, we would roller skate up and down those aisles. Wow. So all those phone switching aisles, me and my sister were roller skating at like midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just sorry, just an odd story. That was just what I remembered as I was watching. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you and I are used to big data centers, which are the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So without. Well, yeah. Now we have a big data center and all this stuff that's happening in this giant warehouse of clicking machines happens on like a single little row section. Yep, (laughs) like a tiny thing and it's there's controlling way more connections than that place did but it's just a tiny little subsection of the data center oh yeah 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 like i said it's interesting to see stuff like that it's interesting you you've been stuff like that i've never seen that but anyway um so you know she stays and you know she's picking up the phone um but you know Sorry, we should have mentioned that Barb has asthma. 
Yeah, which, we, which we don't find out until this point. Like, I mean, right. literally, <laughs> we find out right now. It wasn't even talked about before this point. Right. So, you know, the phone call comes in. She's trying to stay on the line to trace it. You know, John Saxon's listening in. But then Barbara's having, like, an asthma attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she goes... So she, you know, leaves the phone. She hangs up because, like, her friend is having asthma. She needs to go figure out what's going on and try to help her. Um, you know, so she kind of goes in there, and and Barb goes, "I had a dream that there was a guy in here." Um, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, yeah, right. You know, you're you're clearly drunk. You have an asthma attack. You know, get her. Gave her her inhaler, so she's able to breathe. Which was like six inches away from her hand. So correct, <laughs> which is odd. Yeah. Um. So she kind of you know stops the asthma attack, calms her down. Like, no, 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 you're just drunk. There's no one in your room. That's why would someone be in the room? Um. You know. So after that, then you know, what? Christmas killers show up. Uh. Yeah. And she leaves her. Yeah, because. You know, that's what you go do. You go listen to Christmas carols and give them some wassail. <laughs> I guess. I don't uh, I don't think I've ever had Christmas carolers come to my door before. Oh. I wouldn't want them to, but uh but the 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 whole point is that Barb's kind of just left by herself. And you know, she has like this glass unicorn like above her bed, like on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, which we see late in other movies as well. And she gets stabbed to death by the shadowy figure with the glass unicorn. Um, and the unicorn, yeah, the unicorn horn is long enough to where it's like an old school stiletto. I mean, it's it's big. It's not yeah, like a oh, little yeah. unicorn. Yeah, um, and of course you can't hear her just because the people are singing, you know, at the front door, which is annoying. <laughs> right. And then after the after the murder happens, you know, some mom comes up and says, "Oh, the kid was killed in the park. All these kids need to go home now." Yep. Just so, yeah, because their purpose. Yeah, because they're out caroling, so they know that these news. So it's then just a way to get the streets empty. I feel right. Um, which is fair. I would want to be known, you know, as well. Um, you know, so then another phone call happens. You know, it's just really, really upsetting. It's upsetting to listen to. As as a viewer, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's just screaming and and you know squealing and screeching and like, yeah, uh, yeah. Talk, again, we hear Billy, we hear Agnes, we hear all these like weird disconnected things, and it's and it's it's obviously one person speaking, but like they're literally doing like voices. So it's like it sounds like different people are talking, but he's just like changing the pitch of his voice, like trying to imitate other people. It's very very odd, right? And but he but the, this time the caller talks about her argument that she had with her boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Literally says, um, what was, what was the thing that they said? Oh, he said, yeah, like you were going to, uh, Oh no, I just forgot it. It was like, it's something like you were going to like cut it out like a plant or, or something, yeah. whatever. I don't remember what the, what the thing was, but, and then the screeching, he says that same thing. Yeah. So like, it's obvious that, you know, and then if she thinks the same thing, she's like, Oh, this might be Pete. Pete was the guy's or her boyfriend's name. Right, because who else was around? There was right. just her and, and Peter. Like, there's no way that this person right. would know. And and at this, yeah, and at this point in the movie, we don't know either because we don't know who the shadowy figure is. We haven't. I think the only thing we've seen so far is his hands. So we know and, it's a white male. That's it. And then and, uh, and then his eye. one eye. Yeah. Yep. 
which yeah, is like so, done in such a way that you can't even really tell the color of it because the way the correct. lighting is. Right. So I, you know, the the John Saxon here is, is like it's got to be him. Who else knows? Who else knows about this? Well, not and, only that, but he he pressures her about the whole yeah abortion. Thing. Like he's like, well, this is important. You need to tell me. It sounds kind of creepy. I mean, I guess it is important at this point in time. It's but, evidence. He's trying yeah. to figure out what the hell's going on. And he goes, it has to be this guy. There's, you know, there's two two together, but she has doubts because she's like, wait a minute. You know, I thought he was with me when he got a phone call. Well, yeah, his, you know, when he said he was sleeping upstairs and she just got the call saying, like, you know, how could he have called me if. Um, you know, he was like in the same house, like it's, it, right. it couldn't have happened. So then she dismisses it. She tells the cops it couldn't have been him. He was with me when I got one of the calls. Right. Which is so true. Like, yeah. So they're like, okay, okay. It's not him. You know, we'll, we'll try right. to figure out what's going on. Right. Um, and then they say, then they leave a, a cop in front of the house to watch the house because they know everybody's scared. Right. Well, like not actually in front of front, but like a door down. But well, whatever. Close enough. It's yeah. a big yeah. house. It's in front Yeah. Um, and then these kind of what some people come back and like, there's some movement outside their house. They see some shadowy figures outside the house. Um, and it turns out to be like a couple of yokels. I feel like in a search yeah. party with, with guns. shotguns, <laughs> yeah. like banging on a window, like, dude, what are you expecting is going to happen here? Right. But yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, that's just some yokels in the search party with the shotgun, you know, looking for, you know, suspicious characters or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah, because I, I think at this point, it's only Jess and Phil that are in the house. Right. Uh, well, Barb, well, Barb too, but they don't, Barb is dead at this point, but they don't know that. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Like the locals, like, you got, you know, is every door and window locked? Oh, uh, no, you should do that. And they leave like, oh, they're hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Right. right. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then at this point, Phil decides that she's going to go to bed. So then, I think she goes check on Barb. Or you're no. right. You're right. Well, no, she, okay. She was in bed before this point. And then this happens. This wakes her up. That's why she comes down. And then she goes to go check on Barb when she goes back to bed. And yeah, when she goes in there, she sees that Barb has been stabbed bloody. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we see the door close and then she gets like, you know, brand. right? Yeah. So that yeah, then we know that's going on too. Um, and then, so anyway, at this point, so they're all dead. Jess doesn't know that, and then she's sitting down again in front of the fire. Yep. Um, and then the phone rings again. Right. Um, and this time they keep them on long enough where the guy's running through these mechanical phone switches. Yes. <laughs> and, he's, and he's got like the old school like clip phone where he's like listening out of the different lines to see which line is which. Um, and he and he finally finds the line. She keeps him on long enough. He finds what it is, um, and then he goes back and tells um, the John Saxon the, uh, uh, the the guy. But at this point, they had you know because you know she had they he had suspected Pete, and even though she said you know oh Pete was with me when he made a phone call, he was still like okay, well he's still a really strong suspect. We're gonna go check it out. Oh, she's best lead. Yeah, because she says well when he's upset, he usually goes to his like. Uh, conservatory, which is like where he plays his piano. Um, yeah, there was yeah, there was a bizarre scene where he played the piano earlier for like it looked like kind of like his, you know, like doctorate presentation or something. I don't, yeah, that's what it looked like to me. And I don't know if it was supposed to be bad. I'm guessing not. 
I'm but guessing not as well. It sounded terrible. And he was like all sweaty and it sounded really bad. Anyway, um, so he smashed up the piano, this big old, you know, Steinway, like grand piano, and he smashes it all up. Oh, thousands um, of dollars. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so the uh, John Saxon comes in, sees that this piano has been all smashed up and then goes, oh, crap. You know, he's obviously unstable. It's probably him doing it. Yeah. So he goes back to the car. He calls the cop that's in front of the house and he goes, Hey, you got to go check it out. You know, they're, they're in danger. And he doesn't answer. Yep. Um, so then he calls the, uh, the desk sergeant guy and the desk sergeant and he's like, okay, call her, tell her that, you know, cause he gets the, you know, he, the notification from the phone guy saying, you know, where the call is coming from. And he's like, now tell her to just stand up, walk out the door and just don't look back. Just, she needs to leave the house immediately. The call is coming from inside the house. Right. Which And he, and he said, now he tells the desk sergeant, do not tell her that. Just <laughs> yeah. tell her to stand up and walk out of the house. Don't tell her why. Just tell her she needs to leave now. Yeah. So he the desk sergeant calls her. He says, okay, you need to get up and walk out. And she starts to. And then she goes, oh, no, Phil and Barb are still upstairs sleeping. And so the desk sergeant is like, no, no, you got to leave. You got to leave. And she's like, no, I'm going to go check on them. And he's like, no, you don't understand. The call is coming from inside, from inside the, house. the house. The classic line, right? Yep. Obviously, um, so yes, yeah, she kind of panics um, and then goes for uh, the door. But then like door is like locked or, or something because she like locked it earlier and for some reason when they lock it they can't open it anymore yeah <laughs> whatever it's 74 doors i guess that's how they worked back then. sure yeah why not um, we were so, alive yeah. <laughs> right yeah so then she starts to get like you know change or then she goes back and she sees like the fireplace poker and she goes to try to get that um and she gets it and then there's like a you know kind of a struggle um between her and this person you know you don't see who this person is right um, they're just kind of fighting, and she escapes into the basement. Yeah, um, she closed the door. The guy, you know, whoever it is, is banging, banging, banging on the door, and then eventually leaves. So she goes out, and she's hiding in the basement, and then she can see a person like moving around the windows outside. outside. Yeah, um, and she's like hiding, and then like somebody, you know, kind of spots her. And at this point, we we know it's Pete because we can hear him, and you know, as he wipes the glass away, we can see it's Pete out there. Yeah, uh, and then he breaks the glass open. And then starts coming inside. Right. And he's then, very, very suspicious. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he's him. like, he's got the crazy eyes going and everything. Um, right. So then, yeah, John Saxon shows up at the house. Um, he sees that the cop that was in the car in front has his throat slashed. So that's why he's not answering because he's dead. Um, so he goes into the into the house. Um and basically, you know, there's a, well, they show like a struggle. They hear, you hear like grunts and whatever, but it's off screen. We don't hear what happens. Yes. A lot, a lot of stuff's off screen. Right. Yeah. So then John Saxon gets into the basement and he sees Pete, like all bloody beat up, probably dead, but like seventies dead, which is not as right. obvious as, as we are today. Um, and then, yeah. And then uh, Jess opens her eyes. Um, and we see that, you know, Jess is okay. Pete's dead, you know, so Pete was the guy killer. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah, so they put her. They uh, and here's the weird part. They sedate her, and her the 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 father of her sorority sisters there with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they sedate her in her room. They don't move her to a hospital, which is very odd. Okay, well, yeah, this is the '70s. You know, it's like, oh, you're being hysterical. Just drug her up. I mean, that's was the uh, the male mentality of that time period is like yeah just knock her out 
right can't, we can't deal with she's hysterical um but yeah so they yeah they knock her out they know like her parents are coming but they're not going to be there for a few hours um and they find the bodies of barb and phil um, right. So they know that horrible things happened. You know, they know that the cop died. Barb and Phil are dead. You know, oh, they they don't have enough room in their own little local morgue. So they have to, like, send it out to some other yeah. bigger town, whatever. Um, And so, like, you know, the, the, the one guy, the dad of the other girl says that he's going to stay with her. But then he, like, I don't know, passes out from shock or something. He go he goes. He yes, he's having an episode. So they're more concerned with the dad and taking him to the hospital right so they leave so they leave just by herself right well yeah everybody but now to be fair here i mean that was stupid they should not have done that i agree but to be (laughs) fair they did leave a cop by the front door so at least they didn't completely abandon her they did leave a cop by the front door but i mean i get they under they think they caught the person right yeah. Um, but yeah, they left a cop by the front door because as the credits roll out and they pull away from the house, you can see there's a cop standing at the front door. So at least they didn't completely abandon her, but they should have left somebody in the room. But anyway, um, they again, they didn't find the body of uh, Clara, who was the first girl to die and, and the house mom. Right. Uh, because, yeah, they never went up into the attic. And so they show the bodies of them two still up in the attic. And then as we pull out, we see that whoever the killer is. Is still, still there in the house, and then in the, the phone, and then the phone rings, and then the phone rings. Made the black, <laughs> right? Yeah, showing that. Yeah, the killer was not Pete, <laughs> and right. the killer is still in the house, right? And she's by herself, so we don't Correct. know what happens, and that's right. why you're surprised there wasn't sequels, is because it's so ambiguous. It's kind of a bad ending because you know we we see his peeking through cracks every once in a while. We never see the killer. Like in no. his, in his entirety, nope. And he never like <laughs> he never talks except for when he's on the phone, right? And like I said, and the only thing we have to go on is these like bizarre like you know him like ranting and like these different weird voices, which are hard to understand. Oh, very hard to understand. Um, yeah, and he's again. Well, all we hear is Billy. We hear the name Billy. We Ag- hear the name Agnes. Agnes, that's and it's like it sounds like he's like arguing with his mom over this Agnes person who seems right. to be family members but there's not really much else that we can get out of it right um so yeah that, but yeah that's it it's, it's like double bad bad in the good sense i like bad endings that oh, where, where they end on, on an off note where you don't expect them to end i like that part the part that i don't like is that you know i, I like when there's things that are left a mystery i like that yes i don't like when there's like huge open-ended things that they're bringing up and then they don't even attempt to give you a hint as to what's going on <laughs> Like, more we have more. no idea who this person is, why they're in the house, why they're murdering people, or even any clue as to who they are. Right. Nothing. We get nothing. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's a good tie into your first thoughts. I mean, yeah. This is your this is your first time seeing this movie. Correct. So what were your first thoughts on this? Um I mean, again, I mean, most of it is just kind of like, you know, it's the seventies, right? So you're like, you notice, yeah. you know, the phones are old as hell, you know, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the clothes and the style is old as hell. Um, I mean, the attitudes that people have about things is just kind of old fashioned, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. like people are saying, Oh, I was calling on her, you know, like the, just the way that they say things is obviously like, you know, old. Oh, it's, it's that point in time. Right. Right. 
Right. I mean, and like, that's you know, and that's yeah, that's the thing. But it's also interesting to see like you know all of the the classic horror movie things and how they're like in their infancy. In, in oh, this. absolutely. You know, with like the kills. Um, you know, the staging of the kills, even the kills with what like strange materials or like, you know, found items, which are so common in a lot of horror yeah. movies, um, you know, like the the point of view of the killer with the heavy breathing. I mean, you get the fo- the creepy phone calls with the heavy breathing. I mean, all of these things now are tropes like this is a this movie would have been now. It's like, wow, think of something original. But this is like the original that started. All yes, it's stuff. the grandfather. of it. Right. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, all that stuff is tropish, but you have to realize, like, now that you realize this is where the tropes came from, not you know, Absolutely. not the result of them. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Well, I mean, do you do you regret? I know you, we've discussed this that you don't really like Christmas movies. Do you regret mm-hmm. not seeing this for this almost this entire time? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, this one is is really good, and I, I again, I didn't, I I knew of it, but I had right. no desire to watch it, but. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I wish I would have watched it earlier because it's a really, it's a good movie. Oh, it, like, it's it's like you're just an objectively good movie. Yeah, like, I, like I said, I, you know, this is my first time seeing it, but it's something I don't watch often. And I don't know why. It it's just kind of like it goes. I feel like it goes so under the radar even today. It's not like the Black Christmas movies aren't as big as they should be, especially this one. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're horror slashers, but they're also like specialized horror yeah. slashers around like a certain holiday. Yeah. So, yeah. right. I mean, it, 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 this, this needs to get, be given more credit than what it was because it's everyone, everyone agrees that Halloween, as we discussed, Halloween sharpened the ideas that came in this, the right. holiday theme killing, and you can see the influence, right? Yeah. So yeah, like, you get like okay, Psycho is the blank metal, yeah. <laughs> right? And then yeah. like Black Christmas did the original, you know, put the 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 blade shape on it, and yeah. then and then Halloween sharpened it to make it a sword, right? And Halloween is definitely the one that people go to thinking those are all the tropes when this is really right. Which beginning. a lot of yeah, a lot of the tropes in that movie came from this movie, which was what, oh absolutely four years earlier. So oh absolutely, yeah. Um. Yeah, my you know my first thought, like I said, I had I couldn't tell you the last time I watched this movie, so this is a kind of almost a new, fresh thing in my mind as long as well as a rewatch. Like I said, it's just because I should I should watch this more often. I should probably add this to the yearly Christmas stuff just because it's so good. You know, it it it's like I said, it is for what it is. It's an amazing slasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I agree. It's a great movie. So highlights for you though um i mean yeah highlights are basically all the things i mentioned it's like all the yeah. cool 70s stuff <laughs> yeah i like seeing that i like seeing you know especially like the high technology of the 70s which was like tracing a you know corded <laughs> phone call on a rotary phone you know yes uh, and seeing like you know the geeky guy of that time period is like a phone geek right i mean because right. that's all there is to be geeky about yeah. Um and then, you know, just I mean, you know, again, seeing all these, you know, tropes and where they originated and, and where they're going. Um again, I th- I thought it was yeah. I, 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 yeah. I dug it. I it was we, we we saw we saw ourselves, you know, almost fifty years ago. The geek right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, that IT geek of the seventy four <laughs> is a phone dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, yeah. I agree. The highlights definitely there, the tropes are there, and the bad ending, the ambiguous ending. It's like you know, we discussed how we want more answers but i mean like for 74 to have a bad ending yeah yeah i mean that's that's amazing it is 
It is. You know, um, low points for me. I, it's what we touched on before you, the relationship with with Jess and Peter. All right. You know, it's like my parents gave you two oxen to marry to be with me. <laughs> it's it, you're right. It's like it is a business thing. Right. And that's what it, that's what it felt like. It felt like yeah, like uh, I'll be your college boyfriend if you you know perform your wifely duties with me. Like it was like right. very just very like stiff. I, I don't know. Yes. I mean, but I think I think part of that was to give the illusion that maybe it's him. Oh yeah, I, I have no doubts that they they were they were putting a lot of red herrings in to make him seem unhinged. You know, like the whole yeah. abortion subplot was his motive. Um, his whole failing at his school thing, you know, would have put him in the unhinged category. You know, like again, there's there's lots of things leading towards him being you know crazy or whatever or willing right. to do it. Yeah. And the other little point would be, I know why they did it for budgetarian because it was, you know, 74. Everything pretty much, ha- all the killings are off screen. Yeah. For the most basically. part. Right. Pretty much. You know, um, what about you for low points? Those are um, low points. It'd probably be Mr. Harrison. That guy is so <laughs> annoying. I mean, he's like offended by like everything. He's basically like offended by the idea that like women can have minds of their own. I mean, he's just like, so old school he like he feels like he's from like 1947 or something i don't know just the way he reacts to everything and then at the end he he <laughs> passes out from shock it's like this guy i mean he again he's just he's i don't like the, that he's guy. got the vapors yeah i don't i just <laughs> don't like that guy he's just like the epitome of everything like just bad about that time period and i they kind of all put it all into one guy and i just don't like that guy what about the laughing cop that just laughs the entire movie oh, as a fellatio? Okay. Well, I mean, that's a funny <laughs> joke. If if somebody said, yeah, my number is fellatio one, two, three, and you go, okay, let me write that down. How do you spell it? Like you have no clue what it is. Yeah. You're going to laugh your ass off at that guy. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> see, I don't see a world where I would not laugh hysterically at somebody doing that. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So like I said, we discussed this off screen, but Nolly or Nice, we're like so we're determined if this is would you give this to someone who's on your Nolly list or would you give this to someone on your nice list? So you know, where would you give this movie? They were good or because they were bad? Uh I would give it to someone on my nice list. This is this is a good movie. I would give it to someone who uh, I feel would appreciate it. Right. I mean I feel like it's almost a required watch for anyone that likes slashers. Right. Yeah. If yeah if you want to you know understand the origins of the of the slasher genre this is definitely in your primer yeah yeah i agree yes definitely on the nice list like it, this is like i said i just i have forgotten how good this was it's yeah. not on many lists that i what that i watch of people discussing things either. right and it should yeah so. that's fair all right so this week we're doing number of peepholes out of 10 what would mm-hmm. you give this movie uh, I will give this movie eight peepholes out of ten. This is a good movie, definitely high enough to be on a rewatch list. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 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 going to go to a nine. It, it's just because you know if I watched it more, it'd probably be higher. But I just wanted to make sure that I watch this enough. You know, give as much appreciation as it should have. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it, it's it's almost a damn near perfect slasher <laughs> right right for being one of the first <laughs> right <laughs> you know other other than 
other than some character arcs, but if they if they were able to show the the deaths on camera, it'd probably been the perfect ten. But I mean, yeah, even with fair. even with Texas Chainsaw the, you know, the year before, you don't really see things on screen, right? You see, yeah, you see the results of things, but you don't see them happening, right? Right. It was not really until the late seventies, early eighties that all the special effects went into the kills, right? That we really got to be able to see that. So. For what it is, yeah, the you, the implications are there are fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, so that brings us into Black Christmas, the two thousand six. Right, right, um, and yeah, and again, I mean, just looking at the cast of this movie is Huge. is is pretty great. Yeah, I mean, you got um, uh, Laurel Lance from Arrow. <laughs> Um, you you've got uh the 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 girl from Mean Girls. I think she was Lacey she, the dumb one. I think she was the dumb one, right? Yeah, the original voice of Meg, from right? Family Guy. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you got uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, who is from I know she's from Buffy. I, I didn't really Pete watch Buffy, but yeah, but she's <laughs> she's from a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of people yes. know who she is. We've got Ramona, uh, of course. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in this. You know, back in kind of the beginnings of her real career. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of of interesting casting happening in this movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And fun fact is the one of the women from the sorority from the first one. I don't remember her name. Was it Phil? Phil. Phil. The yeah, one with the curly Phil. hair was Phil. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't tell if she was twenty or fifty. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> she is. She's the house mom in this. So we have a good homage that we had. We had someone come back, which is good. I like that they do that. Right, she's a legacy. She is a legacy. She is a legacy. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, and as, yeah, like you said, the funny thing is, she looks about the same age. Oh, absolutely. Because um, yeah, she had the hair that. I mean, I guess it's because you know, again, we, we discussed this a little bit earlier. But I guess it's, it's a time period that, like, you know, anybody that we saw with that with that haircut as we got older was old. So oh, she's absolutely. got that haircut, you know, in seventy four. So in two thousand six, <laughs> she's got kind of a similar haircut, and she looks. Like about the same age, obviously it's it's the hair and the style that that sells that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, she really does look the same. But yes, that is that is her. That's Phil. Yeah, and uh, like I said, that's pretty good. I like it. it it's mm. you know we and we do get a lot of the same names for a lot of people. You know, so this is this is a remake, um, slash reimagining. I don't think it's a full full remake. It's it close. is. I mean, it is. They do credit the original writer. It is based on the same screenplay, right? Um, obviously, they made some significant changes, but it is based on the same screenplay. Which again, we'll get into the the the, the differences of the story here. But I I want to believe that that stuff was probably in the original screenplay at some point. They just didn't put it in the movie for for whatever reason. You know, they wanted to leave the mystery in or whatever. I mean, that's yeah. fine. But um, but yeah. So yeah. So we we kind of get like weird exposition. Um, dotted throughout the movie where it shows like flashbacks and and and, and time jumps as to like you know where things are and why things are it, it's it's interesting um uh, so, but anyway yeah we yeah. start we start off with uh I believe, I believe it's the girl packing first right the girl wrapping the present i think is the first thing uh is it the first thing or yeah, is it it's the, before or is it the, the hospital okay yeah. So yes. Because yeah, that happens before the hospital, so you don't know who it is until after the hospital. Anyway, so yeah, she's yeah. like wrapping the present. It's kind of the sort of the same scene as Clara from the first one, where she was like, you know, wrapping presents in her room. 
Um, and then something happens, but it's kind of the same thing where it's a very, you know, very clear homage to the original to where she's packing stuff in her room. She looks in the closet. There's a plastic hanging in the closet, just like in the original one. Um, only it it doesn't, yeah, the person doesn't come out of the closet this time, but again, they're just, you know, showing the homage to the original. Um, she's writing, uh, she's writing a card to her big sister who we find out in a minute. Yeah, uh, Lee or Lee. Lee, Lee, right? Yeah, Lee. I think it's Lee. Yeah, um, yeah. So she's writing a card to her, and it, you know, she writes the name Lee, and then it looks like she's like thinking of what to say, right? Right. Um, and yeah, then she thought she sees something in the closet. She gets up and looks. There's nothing there. She sits back down, um, and then she gets the bag overhead. Yeah, uh, but this time it is quite a bit more violent the way he just he puts bit. the bag over her head and then just starts slamming her head i, I, mean, I don't know if she's stabbing it or hitting with a hammer or what it is but something it is, it is unpleasant looking yes um yeah and then so that uh you know goes away and then you know we see her just like in the first movie with the bag over her head gets put in the rocking chair in the, in attic, the attic in front of the window right just so it's, yep. yeah, basically imitating that whole very first sequence in the first movie oh absolutely Right. Um, Absolutely. And then we get to, then we flash right. to the hospital. Right. Yeah. Then we flash to the hospital where there's, uh, you know, like a mental ward, like a maximum security mental ward. Um, yes. And it's like a guy handing out like milk and cookies, like for Christmas that the patients get or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it essentially gets to the end of the row. And then it's like, Billy is his name. I don't remember his last name. Lentz. Lentz, Billy Lentz. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It's Billy. Right. Yeah. Billy. So, yeah, he goes to like, you know, give the milk and cookies. And of course, the guard, you know, is like stopping him, like, oh, do you know the story of Billy or whatever? You know, let me tell um, you the tale. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you the tale. <laughs> so then we start getting a little bit of information about, um, you know, Billy and how he was uh, born with a, a, some kind of condition that made essentially jaundice. Essentially jaundice. Right. Yeah. He's <laughs> essentially like, um, you know, the yellow bastard from Sin City. <laughs> so yeah. where he's, he's all yellow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, basically, you know, we find out that, you know, his parents like, you know, didn't love him or whatever. Well, um, his mom, his dad, like he, he was discussing, like he's talking about what Stan's been bringing and he's like, mom, like, didn't you hear Stan's dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mom is not a pleasant person no. at all. Dad's, um, dad's, dad seems supportive of him. Well, yeah, dad, yeah, but dad seemed like he had his own problems. But uh, again, I mean, it, it, he felt like I think I think I kind of felt like yeah, he would, couldn't express himself emotionally well, which is probably true, especially considering the time period. Anyway, um, so yeah, but he's obviously way nicer than she is. He's like trying to like you know treat him like a normal child, to where the mom is just being horrible and nasty. Right, and then he's, he, we get to see that he's like, "Hey, there's something for you in like behind the wall." And we see Billy start to like he has a hole in the drywall. He starts picking out a little bit more, and he kind of goes into there. Um, like okay, we're starting to see him his path of hiding inside the walls and start creeping. Right. Um. Um. But then a couple of years pass. Um. And so like. You know he's he's got the presence and like something happened. There's a big argument between his Billy's dad and his mom, and there's like another guy involved. And she, the mom, just like straight up kills Billy's dad in the same way that he just killed that girl. Yes, yeah, puts the bag over his head and then and, hits him a bunch of times with a hammer in the head. Oh, absolutely! And he watches the whole thing. 
right through, he's through a able, hole in the door or through like the the space underneath the door so that's like his we, we're getting that this is his mo right and they like it's all like what well, it's not a, i guess it's a crawl space right it's underneath the house yeah they bury they bury they bury him in the crawl right. space like it's not crawl space crawl, crawl space because like you can open up a last and get underneath there yeah, like it's kind of like it. under the porch, but it obviously goes a lot further than just the porch. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the architecture is there, but yeah, it's yeah. some kind of cross between an under the porch and a crawl space type deal. Yeah. Um. So he goes and starts to, they see him, they're going to go after him. He calls, he climbs his way up into the attic where then the mom is like, ha, I'm going to keep you up there. And then it like puts a padlock on it. Right. Um, so yeah, that's essentially what happens, and what then we continue down the down the story. It's like ten years later or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to be fair, they don't they don't bring this up until later in the movie, but it's probably just clearer if we all just tell that story yeah. all at once, just yes, because it's, otherwise it's jumping around too much. But yeah, yeah. to be fair, th- this part happens a little bit later, maybe fifteen minutes later in the movie, and that's it. again just get it all uh, out of the way now. Gets a backstory out, yeah. Right. So, um, you know the. The mom and the new boyfriend are doing on the stairs. He falls asleep in the middle of it. And the mom, clearly still horny, right. goes, huh, because he made a noise like, hey, I have a son upstairs. Let me just go upstairs, seduce him so I can get off. <laughs> Which- right. I mean, I mean, how old is he <laughs> at this point? What, like, he's like 12 or something? I mean, he's like extremely young at this point. Yeah, very. I think he's 12. Yeah, but we yeah. don't we don't really see him. Like we stop seeing his what he looks like at this point in time. Right. So he's just kind of he's more of the eyes that we're that we get from the first movie. Right. Um. And then what? A nine it says nine months later, and then a Agnes is born. A baby. Yeah. A baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they're like, "You're my family now. I have no other family." You know, she looks up to like make sure that Billy hears that. Right. Um, so Billy gets even more unhinged, <laughs> rightfully so. Right. Um, and then what? That's like nine years later after that, or eight years later, something later on. Like, yeah. I think well, yeah, I think, like I think he's, yeah, I think he's 21 at the time. Yeah. So yeah, she would be like eight or nine. If he was like 12 or 13 yeah. when the whole rape happened, yeah, then it would right. be. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, Agnes seems like a, normal girl and the mom seems to actually care more about her right. than she ever did Billy. Right. Um and you know, they hear like the up in the rooftop <laughs> type stuff. Is that Santa? <laughs> right. Uh no, and they're like, okay, and then what the, she she went to go take cookies out of the oven. Right. And Agnes sees a shadowy yellow figure behind the tree and it attacks her. And like all of a sudden the commotion's going on there. Um he starts strangling her with a plastic bag too, I believe. Suffocating her. Um I don't know, they don't I thought so, it was I thought he had a something over her face and like he suffocated her and then No, he bucks, he he yeah, he digs out her eye <laughs> and eats it. Right. Yeah. And uh, like oh her right eye. Right. And the mom's like Billy, and then he attacks his mom and her boyfriend brutalizes them, um, and then he takes up 
the world's sharpest cookie cutter. <laughs> right. Because right. He, he, like, just barely presses it into the back of his mom and starts cook, cutting out pieces of flesh, like, with ease. Like, she's made of pudding. Well, I mean, okay, but pushing the cookie cutter into the skin is not going to be the hard part. The hard part is going to be, like, cutting underneath it to get it to come off. That's the he, hard part. He did it perfectly, though. Well, yeah, of course, because it's a effects department. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, he, he cuts the flesh off and then puts it on a, a cookie sheet and, and then puts it. it, yeah, and bakes it in the oven. And so when the police show up uh, to, f- to figure out what the hell is going on, he's sitting at the kitchen table with a glass of milk, eating these, like, flesh cookies. Cookies, yes. Um, and they're like, yeah, they're obviously like nasty, like super tough, like you would yeah. imagine they would be. And what he's like chewing on, it's yeah, it's nasty. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that comes into, you know, then, you know, Agnes is, is put into an orphanage and that comes into play because like there's a Santa Claus talking to the guard and like, you know, it's like they're feeding him. He's like, you know, it tastes just like, you know, it, it's the closest thing. Supposedly chicken tastes the closest thing to human flesh you know, that we can get so he'll eat. It tastes like chicken because it is chicken <laughs> like that. Now, again, there are studies that they've done with actual cannibals. Yeah. Um, you know, like people that uh, it, traditionally, I mean, it's some cultures, it's different. In some cultures, they they eat the dead as a as a way to honor them. Right. Um, but, you know, but again, with a lot of the sickness, like, you know, um, mad cow disease and, and foot and yeah. mouth disease, the things that come from, you know, the proteins in human flesh, you know, by people eating them, they're they're trying to cut that stuff out. So they were um, trying to like kind of wean them off of that. And so like people that have actually eaten human flesh, they would ask them, what is the closest that you can get to human flesh without it being human flesh? And you know what the answer was? Chicken. Spam. Oh, spam. Spam. They always, they always joke like it's supposed to be pork, right? Well, yeah, long pig is the whole, yeah, that's right. the whole joke. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's sp- supposedly like actual cannibals, um, uh, have voted and they say that it's spam. Spam is the thing that tastes the closest to human flesh that you can get without it being human flesh. Yeah. So they should have, they should have been giving them slabs of spam is what they should have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then to tell the story, the sound costs like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're going about the way. They gave him, like, a candy cane. Um, and the guard goes to check on him for the night. You know, they say, you know, it's Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that he, he tries to escape every year. Mm-hmm. And this guard must be his first day because the way he's acting, it's like it's his first day on the job. <laughs> right. He, he peeks in the room. Um, and Billy's not there. Well, yeah, he peeks in the room, but he also sees uh, like a hole in the wall, right? Which like so is it, like a hole in the wall with like some pipes in it. Which is, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see that like a human body cannot fit in that hole. It's not big enough, right? He he went Shawshank Redemption or try made it look like he went Shawshank Redemption. Well, that's why, like, if ever you're going to go in a extremely dangerous prisoner's cell, like they they have teams that do that. Right. Like, there's always, like, one guy with a riot shield and then, like, two guys behind him. I mean, that's how they go into those, you know, dangerous cells. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they of course, he did not follow protocol at all. 
And, right. he, and he goes into the room and goes to like kneel down and look at the hole in the wall without even looking around the room. I mean, obviously, I knew what was going to happen, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like so the, then he, his first day. It's his first. Yeah, it seems exactly. like his first day. <laughs> yeah, like old curmudgeonly security guard. Somehow, you know, it's his first day. He forgot his training or whatever. Um, right. So yeah, of course. Uh, and then he gets stabbed uh, in the back by Billy with the candy cane. That he sharp that he licked right. enough to get sharp, which we've all done as kids, right? You, you but that is candy cane. Well, it's yeah, possible. yeah. But that is a, a real thing. Like they do not give prisoners candy canes for that reason, because right. you can easily make it into a shank, uh, right? <laughs> so they don't get they don't get them. So I don't know why they would fail that first, protocol. First there, day, but, right, first yeah, day. Apparently, it's everybody's first. He day escapes. He tries to escape every year. Let me just ignore all protocols in the day yeah. he tries to escape. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to escape every year. There's no way out of there. Obviously, or he would have gotten out by now. <laughs> right. Oh, there's a hole. Yeah, let's just open the door and leave it open. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then it's implied that the guy that Billy kills the guy who's Santa and then walks out. Right. Yeah. And then he walks out as Santa. But instead of having presents in his bag, it's the guy's body. Right. Which he then throws in the trash. And then he throws the Santa suit in the trash, too, which I was like, why did you just keep the Santa suit? Though? That would be who more knows? of a Christmas slasher. I guess that's more like the. Another, Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. I was going to say that's another slasher Christmas right. genre. So, yeah, now we have. We piece together all these yeah, backstory and, yeah. components. And again, a lot of these happen later in the movie, but again, it's it's confusing right. to go back and forth. So Right. So now we can go back then to that. And you know, the tradition in the sorority house is they have a present for Billy every year because the sorority house was Billy's house. Right. So yeah. and they knew that. Right. So they have that's a tradition they've always done that they have a present for Billy. Right. So, big exposition dump from them and by us, obviously. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. That, I mean, that's essentially what what happens. Yeah. Um, so, then all the sorority girls are then having, like, they're kind of like Secret Santa um, right. present giving away thing. Um, they're trying to get people to come down, and that's when you get, you know, like, the one Megan girl, like, doesn't want to come down because she's, like, upset. She's also watching uh, herself get boned by a guy that's dating one of the other girls who's dating laurel lance right yeah so the yeah the essentially this is our peter right this right. we have the peter um that he's like hey come away with me just spend your you're my family now he says that to her in the car right yeah he um, says it like very unnervingly i was like run <laughs> run like that anybody who says that weird shit to you you need to get away from Right. And and so um you see him you know, she's like, No, I, I have to be with my story sisters, they're my family, blah blah blah. And you see him make a phone call, you see him looking at a window at another girl who's also on the phone, and we don't hear the exchange. Right. Right, but we but we can tell that she gets upset and goes upstairs. Um yeah. and again that that's when she goes on her computer and starts watching the movie of her boning that guy. <laughs> In quick time. Yes. In quick time <laughs> on an ancient Mac. Um, yes. But yeah. They, and, and leaves it up. Yes. And leaves it up. And she has the world's longest screensaver, apparently. 
I think it's five hours. Yeah, it's like a long <laughs> time. Anyway, um, so they're like trying to get everybody to go downstairs for this gift opening thing. That like yeah, that girl, Santa. Yeah, yeah, that girl is Megan. She refuses to come down. Anyway, everybody else yeah. goes down. Um, they can't find the present for Billy, which is doesn't matter until may, later. Um, and they like start to open up stuff, and then like the house mom opens up her present, and then it's I think. Like- this is a teddy, right? Yeah, like a night, nighty. Well, whatever, because they lingerie. make that happens in the first one too. They give well, her, they give her like some ugly ass pajamas. They don't give her like a night, well, it, like a. But it's just lingerie. An, it's a, it's just a play on that. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. But it's like that's that's your gag gift, <laughs> right? Right, right. Uh, and then they were like, "Oh, let us get her your real gift," you know. And then as they go to do that, then somebody knocks on the door, um, and they answer it, and it's uh, Lee who is. Uh, was his name Claire in this movie too? I think it is. Claire, yeah. the first girl. Well, yeah. So. Uh, oh, I think before that, I think we get introduced to like what the weird girl. Oh, Eve, right? Eve, like all of a sudden, like they're bending out all of a sudden. You have like the bomb point of view up at her, and she's like, she looks to like Laura Prepron, <laughs> right? Yeah. With thick ass glasses, <laughs> right? And the, she gives her. She gives what Kelly the present, or yes. she gives somebody a present, and they're like, "I know you like unicorns, and it's a glass unicorn." Right. Yeah, very similar to the one used in the first movie. Great right. homage, right? Right. Right. And they're like, "Holy shit!" Like she's creepy as hell. So right. we're so we have we have her like, okay, something's off about her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Clearly. Right. Well, yeah. Also, to, <laughs> to to note that her the the glass unicorn was wrapped in a newspaper. From like nineteen right nineteen ninety one right right um so yeah so she like leaves or disappears they don't know where she goes she's like I'm leaving now I just want to give you my secret Santa gift right right um so so then yeah then sorry then Lee the Claire's older sister comes over saying like hey you know Claire never showed up to the train station um you know I I need to talk to her where is she where is she and she's like oh I don't know she's not here. And like, you know, well, you can wait we're here with us or we can go check a room, whatever. And they're looking for Claire and they can't find her. So they're looking around and we have more of the exposition when they go up to uh, Megan's room um, yeah. because they go to look for Megan because she's not there either. Um, and then we have that's where more of that that story about him comes out because they find uh, the creepy dude in Megan's room who then right. says, oh, well, I was sneaking back in to get into Kelly's room, but her window was locked, so then I came into Megan's only, room. So it was only here. Was open. And his back is towards laptop where the s- sex tape, if right. you still right. on there. Right, yeah. So, yeah, he comes out kind of, like, guilty-ish. Like, he had seen the laptop. Like, he knows what's on there. Yeah, so he's um, trying to dissuade his girlfriend from getting right. into that room. Right, yeah. So he's, like, telling the story of Billy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, while she's searching the room and he keeps like trying to interrupt her from seeing what's on the screen. Instead of fucking closing. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. Just closing it like a normal person. But, um, and so I don't, yeah, no, eventually. Yeah. Cause I think the power goes out. Right. Before that though, they start, they got, they get the obscene phone call on their, right. on their landline. Right, yeah, because they all go back downstairs for a minute. Yeah. To get the obscene phone call. And it's the same weird squealing, yep. screeching thing as before. But again, now they when you say Billy and Agnes and like she's my family now, now it makes right. sense because we know right. who Billy is, we knew who Agnes is, we know who mommy is, because again, we just saw them in the in the Right. Previous so they're they're talking about like, you know, she's my family. Right. Now. 
Right. Right. And we don't, they don't know what they're alluding to. Correct. Um, they're alluding to obviously the bodies in the attic. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah. So the, and then, yeah. And then when, when they're, when they're down there, um, she goes, Oh, so I see you're still giving a present to Billy every year because we find out that Lee was a legacy. She was in the same sorority, like whatever, 15 years earlier. Right. She was like, yeah, she, her, she was like 15 when her sister was born. Right. Right. So, or you know, they're like, something like that. Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah, they're, she was older. They never really, you know, got close because there was too big of an age difference. And now that they're both adults, now they're starting to like try to reconnect. Right. Uh, that's why it's more, that's why it was so important for them to meet up. But that's why she's so worried about her. Anyway. Um, so they go, Oh, this is weird. It's not, it's not to Billy. It's from Billy. And they say it's right. like two of the sorority sisters from Billy. And so they open it up. Um, and it's like a, it's the old, model box that he got from his dad that billy got from his dad when he was a kid the one present right. that he did get and they open yeah. it up and it's the doll that agnes had with, with its, the, eyes, with, taken with its eyes taken out right right um so they're like oh that's weird and then that's when they notice that the newspaper used to wrap that and the newspaper used to wrap eve's present were the same newspaper Yes, same, from same from day. 1991, which is now it's 2006. So obviously, what's going on with that? Right. So at this point, they're like, okay, you know, we need to search the house and find out what's going on. Like something creepy's going on. We need to find everybody. Um, so the one girl decides to go in and search Eve's room. Yes. Um, and then the other, and then she goes back to search Megan's room because she's not, you know, yeah, she still can't find her. She's trying to find a clue to see where Megan might be. Um, so she goes in there. Um, dude is still. I don't even remember his name. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We'll call him Townie. He's Townie. He's that. He, well, he very mentions it. Right. Townie. Right. Yeah. So that's <laughs> why we'll call him Townie. So anyway, so they go back in the room and they're kind of like, you know, he's trying to like get her out of the room. But, uh, you know, conveniently, when she's about to walk behind the laptop, the screensaver finally kicks on, which like five you said, it's later. like yeah, five hours <laughs> later. If the screensaver finally kicks on. She doesn't see anything. Um, and then, then the he's power like, goes out. yeah. And then, yeah, he's trying, like trying to convince her to, to, you know, like, Oh, just leave her stuff alone. And she's like, no, you know, something's up. We need to figure out what's going on. So then the power goes out. Um, and when the power goes out, the laptop comes up like, Oh, running on battery power. And you can right. clearly see right behind it. There's porn. I was like, is she going to see it? Is she not going to see it? And then it, that thing goes away and you clearly see the porn window. Yes. Um, and then she sees it and she's like, Hey, wait a minute. That's Megan. Yep. Um. And then he's, you know, quick on the defense. He's like, "Oh, well, that was before I knew you. That was before you were here," which is not true. I'm sure. Correct. Um. But anyway, so she gets super pissed. Uh. You know, rightfully so, and like kicks him out. Everybody pushes him out the door. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And at this point, they're like, "Okay, you know, something's going on. We got to try to figure out what's going on." And they look outside, and they see that Megan's car is still there, and Eve's car is still there. And the other only other house on the block has power. Right. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this is like, it looks like it's only this house and it's only, you know, what's going on. Right. So that the one girl decides, um, we're like, oh, well, we can, we, or oh, they try to put the breakers back on and they realize, oh, there's another main breaker, but it's under the house, which I don't understand right. how this electrical works. I don't know. <laughs> like, why would you have two separate fuse boxes? But whatever. I don't know. Maybe I it's don't. a really old house. Um, so the one girl is like, I'm not a daddy's girl. I can go do it. And she's like, okay, we'll go do it. And she's like, no, it's cold. Right. <laughs> then eventually she's like, okay, fine, whatever. So she goes outside. Um, of course, she has a cigarette first. Yep. Um, and she like drops the cigarette in this hole. And it's like a weird, they, they show like they 
stay way too long in that hole for some reason. Like they don't even show him looking through the hole. Right. But whatever reason they spend a yeah, lot of time looking at the there's hole. Ho- there's holes everywhere. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, Oh, also something we got to keep in mind is there's a really drunk girl again. Of course. And she's a, she's in bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, yeah, that was weird scenes of like yeah, him, like poking up the tiles in the bathroom to like pee yeah. on her while she was like puking and taking a shower. Right. Um, and then the post, the, the, clo- the push pin being pushed out of the wall, which either the wall's really thin. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, is this a <laughs> wall made out of paper? I mean, is that thumb push pins is don't like, go in. Yeah. yeah don't go like, deep. It's like a quarter inch deep. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. And then, so, yeah. So now we have, you know, Eve being creepy. We have the boyfriend being suspicious. They start questioning Lee because, like, we don't have any record. You don't have the same last name. Who are you? Right. And stuff like that. Right. Um, and then uh, Lacey goes into, she's like, I'm going to get the turn the breaker on. Um, and then she is. Uh, she is she the one that killed with the icicle? Because the icicle puts uh, out her cigarette. Well, yeah, just the dripping of the icicle. No, no, yeah. she doesn't get killed by the icicle. She gets killed by the hand rake thing. Oh, that's right. She she like yeah, she gets the hand rake in the attacker's side, but it pulls it out and just like stabs her in the back of the head. Right. But no one knows that she's dead under there. Right. Yeah. So yeah, eventually, um. You know that because I think there's like four girls left at this point. Guys, the, yeah. the house mom, the older sister, Kelly, and uh, uh, who's the other one? Well, the drunk Michelle girl Trag- upstairs asleep. Yeah, Michelle Tradenberg is also there. I don't and, remember. And her. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's still alive too. Oh yeah, Ramona is still there too. Yes. Yeah, there's. I, I think. I think only at this point, three. Well, two are dead that we. Three are dead that we know of. Right. And then they go and look at Eve's car, which is iced over, and they find that. Eve's debt. Right. Well, yeah, two of them go look under the house and then two yeah. of them go look at the car. Yes. That's what I'm saying. There was four left. I was trying to remember who and went where. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they go out. Um, yeah, the two of them that go to Eve's car, they see her sitting in the car, but the car's not running. And they're like, what are you doing? They open the door and her head rolls out. <laughs> yep. Um, so Eve was obviously dead. So they scream and they run back. Um, the, when they're looking underneath the house, they see like the, the trap door to open up underneath the house has like scratch and blood marks on it. Yeah. Um, so that they go under there and they see like, not only do they see like a skull, like human remains <laughs> like unearthed down there, but that's also like obvious that someone was attacked down there. Right. Um, so they, they run back in the house like that at this point. Now they know something bad is going on. Yeah. Um, they're trying to get calls out. Um, the, the police station says that, uh, cause they call the police. The police station says that, um, there's a, you know, because of the storm and the trees that are knocked down, we can't get someone out there for two hours. Right. Um, so that's what they, they try to split up where the house mom and, uh, Ramona decide that yeah. they're just going to drive to the police station and wait it out there. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, you might not be able to get to the police station. They're like, well, it's kind of better than staying here. Um, so then yep. everybody else decides to stay there because at this point they don't, there's two girls that are just missing. They don't know they're dead yet. And they don't want to leave this house, leave them in danger without anybody here. Right. Uh, they're trying to like stick together. So they basically decide that they're going to split up. So that's yeah, Ramona goes to the house mom in yeah. her car in the garage. Right. right. Yeah. So then, yeah, they go outside um, and she starts the car. 
uh, which takes a, a minute. <laughs> yeah. So she she starts the car, um, and then she gets in the car, opens the door for Ramona. They're both sitting in the car. They realize, oh, they can't see out the windshield, right? Yep. Um, so she like grabs the the brush from the back, and then like in this odd scene, she you know she brings out the ice brush, and then she the, Ramona goes, "What's that?" I'm are like, you, "Really?" Are you me? Yeah, but I was like, "Who doesn't fucking know what an ice brush is?" I mean, unless you like grew up in the Bahamas. Well, clearly the house mom doesn't either because it's clearly iced over and she's using the brush instead well, of the I, scraper. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's movie magic because if they use a real scraper, what it just came right off. Right. Um, but yeah, like even if you're from the south, like I understand this, it it rarely snows in the well, south, but it's not like it never snows. Well, she in the south. she is from the south because she has a southern accent. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. Like obviously, like she, they're trying to show that she's a southern girl, but like I mean, come on, and it it snows in Texas. Well, like, they just fairness, had, they just had such a bad ice storm and snowstorm in Texas last year that the power went out and the whole well, state. Yeah, in fairness, they didn't know what to do then either. Well, no, they didn't know what to do, but I, they understand what things are and how to do things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever. It's just yeah. an odd, bizarre scene. Um. So, okay, so she gets out and she's, like, trying to scrape the window. And then as, you know, she only clears out, like, this little tiny, like, yep. section of the window. And then she looks in and she sees the yellow eye, right? So, like, yep. oh, she's like, oh, what the hell? And then also there's, like, this blood explosion. Yeah, so from inside, right body. from yeah. inside the car. So she like freaks and she tries to get back into like the driveway slash garage door, and then yeah. her her like banging and, and wiggling on that knocks an icicle loose off the roof, and then the icicle falls through her eye and she falls down dead. <laughs> yep. Um, I think also during this, the drunk girl takes a shower. Right. So we get to see that <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> right. Uh yeah. So um so yeah, there's lot not many people left. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 coming down and they see that the car has started out there, but they don't know why they haven't left yet. Right. Um, and then they go to investigate, and I think that's when they slip in the blood on the other side of the door. Because they, they yeah. can't open up the door. She slips and falls in the blood, and they realize bad things happen on the other side of that door. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, then they're like trying to like you know figure out what they should do, um, and then they I think they go up to check on the drunk girl. The drunk girl has been stabbed, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's she's missing eyes. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's missing eyes. So then they're they're like, okay, we gotta like you know try to <laughs> get out of here. Right. Well, and then Melissa is killed. Michelle Trachtenberg. Right. Right. So then it's just left with the older sister and Kelly, uh, Kelly, and then Cal shows back up. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, you know, implying once again that maybe it's him. He's still very shady. Right. As, as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they go, oh, there's what they hear noises in the attic. Right. And they go to they want to go investigate. And then what it, does this? He, well, he okay, because he, up, yeah, they're right? like, 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 let's just run out of here. Let's just go. And they're like, well, right. you know, because at this point, there's two girls that are just missing. They haven't found them dead. They're just missing. They're like, you know, we need to check to make sure it's not them. I wouldn't feel good about leaving unless I know that they're okay. You know, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, because one is the older sister of the girl. So she's doing everything to like try not to believe that she's dead, which I, you know, I get. That. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, so she's like uh, refusing to believe that she's dead. She wants to check. So she has to check everything. And then, yeah, that's when they go. And as the typical, it's the same kind of door as in the first movie to where there's like yeah. a built in ladder on the wall with like the hatch attic yep. roof. Yeah. So he like goes to climb up to the attic. And then as he gets up to the top, um, yeah, he gets grabbed and dragged out. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And he gets the bag over his head and he gets, you know, his head smashed like immediately. Right. Um, but they're trying to like bang on the body underneath. Um, he manages to like roll himself off of the door enough for them to come up there. Um, right. but he's out, he's dead after that. Um, yeah. and then they get attacked, um, by what looks like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it looks, they got like, there's like long hair, but you can't, the lighting is in such a way you can't tell if it's yellow skin or not. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so they're getting like, um, attacked. They're like trying to fight each other. Um, and eventually they get, uh, well, they kind of fight like throughout the house. Right. Oh, uh, that's after that part. But yeah, do you, we well, realize... where does she get the fork from? Cause I know she got the fork from the fire. That's yeah. That's, that's in the attic. She stabs, the assailant in the right eye. Right. And then the assailant pulls out the eye, really revealing that it's fake. Right. And that that's when we find out that it's Agnes. Right. And so we think, okay, so Billy, is it here? It's just Agnes. And then very shortly after that, Billy pops up too. <laughs> right. And, and then you realize like, you know, your brother's not here, not my brother, my daddy. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's like yeah, a fight going on, and then all of a sudden they're like falling in between the walls, um, huge ass space between walls. Right, yeah. So like that, the older sister falls through the floor on the ground to the room below, and she gets like knocked out. Yeah. Um, Kelly is like trying to like crawl, or she knocked. I she, think she's she be- knocked Billy down all the way down to the bottom floor in the wall. Oh, uh, Agnes was knocked down. Okay, Agnes sorry, starts whatever. climbing up. Billy is from the. She's kind of stuck. She fell down. She got dragged a little bit down the wall. Agnes goes all the way down. So Agnes is climbing her way back up. Billy's climbing down from the top. Um, And the fire fire starting. And she starts pounding on the wall. And then Lee wakes up and tries to, you know, figure out what's going on. She thinks it's coming from this point in the wall. And she, you know, Billy breaks through the wall with his arm, grabs her. She wrestles free. And then she realizes that it's coming further down the wall. It's so like the laundry room. Right. And she pushes like the world's lightest washing machine out of the way with the greatest <laughs> of She like nudges it with her thigh and just moves. Right. And um, then she starts bashing the wall to get uh, uh, the main chick out. And, you know, there's fire and, you know, you see like a cord, like a light cord hanging onto a tree. And as she's going, like the as she gets pulled out, the Christmas tree that's on fire gets thrown into the wall, setting Billy on fire, and then you know Agnes kind of on fire too. And they throw like paint thinner on the ground and just start torching the crap out of them. Right? Yeah, because you just happen to have like jugs of paint thinner around for no reason. Right next to you. That's where my paint thinner is next to my washing machine. Oh yeah, I don't know about yeah, you. A jug. <laughs> I mean, it, really I mean, it was it yeah. was like a gallon jug of, oh, and it yeah. just said paint thinner in like big generic letters. Yep. Um. So, you know, then they they go to the hospital. Like, okay, so this is where the movie would typically end. They're dead, right? Right. Um. And so then we get like the assistant 
uh, mortuary uh, morgue or medical examiner who this is the annoying part his whoever is bitching that he's not home with the kids on Christmas because he has a job to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this he's like he's like you know we just had buys come in there. We have to figure out who these people are before I can come home. Right. And then he drinks like the grossest eggnog I've ever seen. Oh god, out of a beaker <laughs> in a right. morgue. And then he starts he cuts open his candy cane to make like peppermint schnapps eggnog with the tool he would use on the bodies. Right. Yeah, it's um and then he you know, he's gonna go open up the body. Billy comes to life and like uses like uh, essentially what bone cutter, skull cutter. It's, like, a, bone, it's a, a it's a bone saw. Bone saw, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, and then Billy, you know, half burned, wakes up and gets Agnes up. Right. Um. Then we cut back to Kelly in the room, like you know. Well, they well they show him look at the drop ceiling first. <laughs> Right. Um yeah, so you know, Lee's there, it's like I you know, my sister's I don't know where my sister is. I don't know if this is my sister, but you know, Shorty's sister's good enough. She opens up the pen that her sister was giving her. Right. Um and then uh they hear drop ceiling noises and they go investigate. Uh and then Well Kelly what? leaves to go get X rays. So then yeah. Lee, Lee is back in the room by herself, and then, yeah, ceiling noises, um, and then, yeah, obviously, yeah, she gets, like, I think it's Billy drops down and just, like, snaps her neck in, like, one yeah. solid movement, and then Kelly comes back in the room, but Lee is gone, right? Um, and then she's like, oh, and the, girl, the nurse was like, oh, maybe she went to the bathroom, and then it's, like, leaves immediately. Right, well, <laughs> because, in fairness, Christmas carriers came into the hospital, so our <laughs> staff yes. is distracted. By right, it. yeah, so, uh, yeah, but also, <laughs> before she leaves, she demonstrates that the door doesn't work, and right. then proceeds to close the door on her way out. Thanks, nurse. Yes. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's sitting there, and then uh, she... As she's sitting in the bed, she like feels something underneath the pillow, and she she goes under there and she she pulls out the watch that Lee just opened, but yeah. the watch has like blood on it, which I don't know how blood would even be on it because she broke her neck. But hey, it's breaking necks are very bloody. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, and then uh, Agnes comes in and attacks her. She Kelly uses because everyone knows how to use shock pedals. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And there's like, I mean, there's a procedure. To go through, and she knew the exact procedure. I mean, even if she like there was a casual thing, like she was studying pre med or something, right. it would have been more explained. But nope, nothing, nothing no. was said at all. And then just electrocutes Agnes's face until she's dead. Apparently, shocks it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so and, then, then, and then, then Billy gets angry. Of course, Billy then comes through and starts chasing her. And then they briefly fight. She throws him over the railing and gets perfectly impaled. Through like the first quarter of the Christmas tree, I mean, yes, right. the sharp topper, but like part of the tree goes through them too. Right. Uh, okay. Like, and but but first they run through like the most inept hospital staff I've ever seen in my life. Like every, they're too? like well, yeah, they're like knocking <laughs> over trays full of like medical instruments. They're like running past nurses' stations with people in them, and no one is doing anything. Right, there's Throw this, this, guy, this guy that huh? picks up a scalpel and chasing yeah. a girl that was brought back What's from a brutal attack. What's going on? And I'm sure right. everybody in the town would know that the you know 
crazed Christmas murderer maniac escaped, you know, from the mental hospital and is not like I'm sure everybody knows about it. Correct. Uh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, and that's, then, that's yeah. how it ends. I think it's impaled in the Christmas the staff's like, hey, what's going on? There you go. What's going on? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the end. Uh, the end, yes. Um this was your first time seeing this so soon. As yes, well. correct. Uh, so let's go into your your first thoughts. So this 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 is a really rewatch for me. Um, yeah, I mean, like, as I was watching it again, I was just kind of like amazed that of the the cast that was there. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> it's like all of these people in this movie. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but as I was watching it, I was actually I was kind of surprised at like how decent it was. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be horrible. I mean, at, remakes are generally horrible. Um, yeah. And I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie because uh, it's know, low on Plex. It shows you what it is before you even hit play. It's 15 percent. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. It is nowhere. It's nowhere near 15 percent. Pretty damn okay, good. Here's what I think. Here's what I think happened. Right. And I was thinking this as I was watching the movie. 15 <laughs> percent. It's all these horror diehard, super pure heart fans. OK, they're super upset because why? They gave the killer a background. They gave the killer a background. They gave the killer some lore as to why they became the way they did. And just like with Halloween, everybody (laughs) hates it because they gave him some backstory. Oh, we all hate it. It's terrible. I mean, it's right. Black Christmas. It's not like it's a freaking franchise. There was one no, not, made not even, over not 20 even years ago. Yeah, Nobody cares that 30, much. Yeah, 30 years before that. Right. Yeah. Nobody cares yeah. that much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's I was like, that's got to be the reason. Because, I mean, it's it's not great. It's like it's not like it's, it's not like, a you know, pantheon of horror movies or anything. But it's 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 decent. It's fun. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. But also I was th- I was sitting there thinking like. Uh, the rest of this, like a part of this weird backstory had to have been a part of the original script because they make a point of showing, I think it's Roy Moore was the guy's name. Um, yeah. He wrote the first one and then he, he wrote the second one because they used the same screenplay. Obviously they changed some stuff around, but I mean, yeah. they used the same screenplay for this one. So I'm thinking like either they used some elements of that. I mean, I'm it's, I'm pretty positive. They added a whole bunch of stuff. Like the whole part of like the hospital is obviously all brand new. Um, right, but like, uh, I, I, I just wondered if that, those elements were in the script at all, or if they just totally added all that in. I was just very curious about that. I think that some element of that was in it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters in 2006. <laughs> pretty, I'm almost positive of that one. Um, I'm trying. I I know I had to have watched the original Black Chris by that point in time, and you know, as as we we know, I am sort of a purist um but i didn't mind the lore edition uh at all i think i think it expanded as a great expansion of the first movie like it's not like a complete one-to-one remake and i think they pay good enough homage to it that it stands out kind of as its own though like we that you know was we we didn't realize if agnes was real or not right you know, or, or the mother, you know, it could have just been like a psycho type scenario where the, they're all dead. And he's just playing these different parts in his head as Norman Bates did. Right. Um. So it's interesting that we actually see the full fledged family dynamic of it all. And the reason behind it, that's his house and everything like that. I like that the, then the house mom was, you know, was Phil from the first one. 
that the cast was huge. You know, I think at that point in time, the only people I knew in that cast had to have been Michelle Trackenberg. <laughs> well, yeah, because you were a big Buffy fan, right? Uh, Pete and Pete. Oh, wow. Well, uh, yeah, Pete and Pete and Eurotrip. So I knew Michelle Trackenberg from that. I didn't know she was in Buffy. I didn't watch Buffy. Uh, the wife knew her, though, from Buffy. Um, maybe Lacey. I was Mean Girls before. Or after that, I don't recall. I don't know. I don't know what your Mean Girls came out. Mean Girls was a while ago. <laughs> uh, right. A while ago. Um, but it, yeah, I said it, it's it's a good movie. I we watch it every year too. So I mean, that says something. I mean, I watch horror movies, but it's good. It, it's probably one of the better remakes out there. Quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's truth. Um. Highlights for me, though, is like the, the ensemble cast. Like, you didn't know it was an ensemble cast. So, whoever did the casting, like, had like, it's one of those movies you look back on, and you go, holy crap, pretty much I know everyone from here. You know, that you would never think that this group of, especially horror movie, it's rare for a big group of people in a horror movie to almost recognize every single person. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, the, the highlights of homages and everything like that. So it's kind of like a more modern-ish thing of, you know, 32 years later. What about you? What about highlights? Uh, I, I'll say, okay, my highlights and low points are the same thing. But I'll, I'll explain <laughs> that. Okay. Uh, highlights is, um, I like the way they had, uh, like, they didn't, like, pull any punches in this movie. They, I mean, Damn. it's like... Got the weird like mommy incest thing, which is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the right. whole like the murders are a hell of a lot more brutal and this one than it, than the original one. Um, and uh, you know, like uh, he like pulls eyes out of people's heads, man. I mean, it's and eats it, yeah. And that's the low point is when he there's this particular scene where he eats an eyeball and they show like squishy, nasty goo squirting out of his mouth. As yeah. he bites down on the eyeball, that's the low point. The high point is everything before that point. So like <laughs> the, the, the cool effects and that they're not pulling any punches, that it's disturbing, you know, on this type of movie. That this is could have very easily been just a PG thirteen horror movie. Very oh, easy. absolutely. You could just cut out those few elements and you're in PG thirteen territory. But especially in this time period, because this was like the PG thirteen time period. Absolutely, um, and they didn't pull any punches in it, which I, you know, really liked. I mean, I probably would have liked to watch this movie when it came out, but this was during the time period when I just had wanted nothing to do with horror movies because I was angry. But this right. one would have would have gotten past that that point, which is interesting. So again, it didn't pull any punches, but it also had that one. I think that step too far. I get, I just don't like eye stuff, but like when he like literally bites down an eyeball and it like explodes like a grape. Ugh. Yes, it's very it's like. The sound effects of him chewing the, the oh, skin man. cookies. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, like, it's like they, they, it's they get they get gross in this movie, but it's. I think that's what again. That's what makes it fun for me is that they're yeah. not pulling back, especially in this time period. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. Um, low points for me. Uh I don't know. I mean, obviously, they got rid of the nastiness that all the phone calls like that. Those were far less drastic. Obviously, they had other shit instead that was 
just more unsettling. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they, left uns- the, they left the C word out, but they put in eyeball chewing. So <laughs> nobody wins. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, do you think, I don't know. I don't know if it's a low point of like, they put up like four people that could potentially be. Um, um, but I mean, they kind of did the same thing in the first one. I mean, there was, right. there was certain suspects. I mean, Again, I mean, it's the same thing. This one, I think, threw a little bit more at you. Um, yeah. But they very quickly, like, whittled that list down. Like, I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the list went from, like, four people to one person in, like, one scene. Yeah. I mean, but I'm just trying to, like, do you think it's better to see the villains versus the ambiguity, ambiguity that we had from the first one? I mean, what, what which one did you prefer? Um, bad ending, or do you like to see them? Uh, well, I mean, if you're comparing the ending of the first one to the ending of this one, I definitely prefer the ending of the first one. I mean, that's um, gonna be the low point for me is that they they went out the way and it, they made it a happier ending. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, okay, I'll, I'll do a secondary low point. Secondary low point in this is like, uh, there is no way in hell that two live people would end up in a morgue. <laughs> Correct. Okay. In this day <laughs> of science, I know this is 2006. It's a long time ago, right? But I mean, seriously, <laughs> there's no way that two alive people, like if you are like messed up to the point where like you are barely alive, I can see them missing it, right? Yeah. But they were mostly fine. I mean, they were like, you know, they were whole. They were just plain old unconscious. Yeah. And I don't see how they could have seen that they were dead. I mean, you could have done a simple pulse check anything right. would have told you that they were alive and i have both of them totally fine yeah. the, the, how they made it that far and again i don't like that part but the second part i don't like the whole ending part i don't like the whole hospital part that part is it just been stupid better with it, it would have been better okay the only hospital part that it should have cut off with was them waking up right and yeah, them, them cut, waking cut up, that. her opening up the fucking watch, them bonding as sisters, end of movie, right? That should, have, right. that should have been it. It should have been done. The whole, like, you know, one, them waking up in a morgue, two, them somehow crawling through a drop ceiling through multiple floors. Because as if you've ever been in a hospital, the morgue is always in the basement because it's easier to keep things cold in the basement. Right. And that's where they keep dead bodies because it's easier cold. and yeah. more, you know, energy you know, conscious to keep them cold in the basement. So they're always down there and the patients are always like in, you know, floor two and above. So they somehow right. climb through multiple floors of drop ceilings, which doesn't well, make sense. They're they're schematic experts. They know the yeah. blueprints of every Again. building they crawl into. Yeah, I know. They're an expert. <laughs> uh, they're an expert living in the walls of one particular house. I mean, I'm right. sorry, but that does not make you an expert in, you know, architecture <laughs> of the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that this whole part was just stupid. I mean, the older sister, that death was so cheap. I mean, it yes. was just, it was so just unexpected and, and, and again, just plain weak. It was stupid. Do you um, feel like this was a studio interference where they had to have, I think, I, I think it probably was. I mean, it, it really felt so out of place. Yes. Like everything in the hospital on felt like so generic and out of place. Like just, tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I totally fair. agree. But I mean, yeah, the movie before then is a fun 
good movie. Yeah. I just I did not like that ending. I thought it was yep. a very stupid ending. I do like getting more information, but again, I think they went a little too far with the information that you got in this one. It's like, <laughs> okay, you find out that like Billy lived in the attic, had a sister named Agnes, and then there was a mommy. That's all you really needed to know. But right. now we get mommy incest, like the the baby is actually his baby. I mean, just weird, weird stuff is happening. Uh, but again, it's not, again, I, what would I rather have? I don't know. <laughs> I would rather have something in the middle somewhere, but I mean, they both end up okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So is this given to someone your naughty list or your nice list? Um, this one be given to someone on my nice list, but I think it would be more of a test. <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, like it's a decent movie. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie or anything, but I like, I give them this movie and I'll be like, what did you think? You know, right. I don't want to say like, do you notice these horrible, stupid parts? Do you notice like what doesn't make sense? Do you, is there things that you do like and what is it? Like that would be a, a discussion piece, but it would be okay. a discussion that I'd like to have with somebody I like, not somebody I don't. How about that? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. All right. So then um, I'll go first with the number of people's out of 10. Mm-hmm. I said, I saw this in theaters. It's something I rewatch pretty, I think pretty yearly since it came out. Um, not as good as the first one, but it's still pretty damn good. I'm going to an eight. How about you? How many peoples out of ten? Uh, I will go six point five peoples out of ten. Oh, that's not even on your rewatch point. Oh, okay. A point five is like you give me a, a beer first. Okay, and then okay, and then fair. I'm in rewatch territory. Like, yeah, I would very easily. It wouldn't take much for me to rewatch this movie. Would I plan on it? Probably not. But again, a beer or two, yeah, sure, I'll watch it. But you know, at least it's on something like we're finding movies for you that they're Christmassy that you actually enjoy this week. Oh yeah, yeah, this week is much better than last. Week. Much <laughs> last better. week was horrible. Yes, it was. Well, to be fair, the other, the last two were they were okay. Like I could, I made it through them. They weren't. Definitely. Yeah, just the Jack Frost one and two was so so bad, right? Uh, I said we're not we're so far. I mean, they're pretty. It's been a pretty decent month. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Overall, I'm I'm not upset. Okay, all right. So into our last Black <sighs> Christmas, which takes it's reimagining to say the least, because. Very few things are similar in this movie, personally. Right, right. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it's a reimagining, and let's we'll we'll have to be tread carefully on some topics. Yeah, this one. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put like a, a slight <laughs> disclaimer uh, before this. I'm not. I won't try to upset anyone. I'm not. I'm not being against. I'm not taking political stances or, or soapboxes or anything like that. Um, but I will say what I don't like about it, uh, but I will say what I do like about it. But uh, yeah, again, I, I'm not trying to offend anyone. Give me a chance to get through the whole <laughs> statement before you start <laughs> making judgments. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. That's fair. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. Um, so this was actually, I forgot that uh, Blumhouse did this. I know I was, yeah, I was three year, three. It came out three years, almost exactly three years ago. Right. Okay. And I was like, the Blumhouse was like, oh, I didn't know Blumhouse did this. Like, I got excited for a second. I was like, oh, okay. This is going to be better than I thought it was going to be. And it stars two people you like. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Carrie Always and Amogan Poots. Yes. I I like her a lot. I mean, she's been in like cool stuff. Like, she was in obviously 28 Weeks Later, which is a movie that I like a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, she's also in Green Room, which is a movie I like a lot. Yeah, and, and Carrie Ells. I mean, he's fantastic in everything he is. Right, right. Yeah, I, I had yeah. high hopes for this movie. I really did. All right, so... Okay. Um, well, we start off with... Uh, we're at a another college i don't know i don't know where i think cause the first one's like new hampshire ish area um, or connecticut yeah, I, areas. it feels like an ivy league type of school um i don't know if that's true or not it, it well, just feels like it is i mean there's, too, there's, there's snow on the ground so it's obviously in the north somewhere yeah but it's not like harvard it's no it's, no, no it's hundreds of years old they point right. that out oh, quite a few times. Right. And that's again, that's why I'm, I lean towards New England because like old colleges yeah. really only come out of New England because that was like, right. you know, the most settled quote unquote area at the time. And the biggest worry house we've got so far. Yeah, it is, it is huge. huge. And everybody, is. everybody has their own room and their rooms are huge. And there's like 20 of them. Right. <laughs> it's like their one room is like as big as the whole first floor of my house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I believe it starts off with a sorority sister walking home. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Uh, uh, and the, the interesting thing here is is that uh, most of the time in movies, when they have like a like a messaging app on their phone, it's usually some like made up bullshit name, right? Yes. Um, and in this one, they actually used a real service, which is Yip Yap. <laughs> Yep. Which is a for real thing. I mean, it's mostly, I mean, obviously like no normal people use it, but it's big in colleges because it's like, it's like a, a Facebook thing. Only it's not like only your friends see your messages. It's like anybody in the, your little local geographic area sees the messages. Right. So it's, it's totally kind of like anonymous. A, yeah. It's a campus wide messaging app that they use. But again, like, but it's also totally anonymous. Like, the, the, right. you know, like Facebook is like, you know, people, you know, they try to make you use your real names or whatever. This one, it doesn't. You can be totally anonymous, but you send messages to like only your geographic area. So like if you're in a college, it'll be like everybody on the campus will get it and that's it. Nobody outside of the campus would get it. Right. Um, it's just, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's used quite a bit, but it's it's just interesting that they used a real service. Usually it's just like some goofy name that they make up about something, you know? Right. They could just call it like the Hawthorne app. Right. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, or, you know, if, they, if they're going for yip yap, they would have called it like Jim jam, you know, or something like similar, but not Jibber quite. Jabber. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So where it's yeah. like, it's similar, you know what they're getting at, but it's not the actual name. This one actually used the actual name, which is odd. Right. Um, so essentially we see a, a story sister kind of walking by herself um what was she doing um she was just walking home uh but there was like a creepy guy behind her oh um, yeah she was getting these weird texts well she was getting the yip yap saying like you know i see you you know walking through right. the neighborhood or you know or you better watch out you know lady walking by herself i don't remember what they said but they were yeah. like kind of sort of vaguely threatening towards her right and this weird guy because he's weird because he has a beard well, yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy. He's one. He's a man, and two, he has a beard. So yes, he's well, beard. yes, him being a man is a big plot of right. this movie, right? Yes, unfortunately, yes. As we're as uh, we're going, um, so yeah, she's like you know getting more and more obviously agitated. Um, yeah. you know, she makes the keys in her hand, in her fist, you know, like they teach you to Wolverine. do, yeah, yeah, like they teach you to do, you know, when you're walking your car at night. Um, and she turns and goes ah at him, and he just like moves to the other side of the street, and he just, just like he leaves. just walks away. Yeah. He's just like no thanks. Um, and then as he, you know, she watches him disappear, she turns around and then there's some like creepy guy in a mask and a hood. Right. 
Um, so like a cape. <laughs> yeah. So he like tries to grab at her. I mean, just basically to show that he's, you know, uh, uh, an aggressive presence, right? You know, he's not there yeah. to make friends. Um, and she runs up and starts banging on somebody's door. Um, they don't answer, but it seems to spook him away. Right. Um, so then she's like moving down the street. He pops up again, you know, behind the, uh, the teddy bear Christmas Santa, inflatable, whatever the inflatable yeah. thing in front of the yard. He pops up out from there. Uh, she runs to the next house, banging on the door. Um, and then the door opens this one and it's the guy again. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Somehow he got into, the, into house. the house and it, you know, opens the door. Obviously the chases are outside. She like trips and falls or no, I think he grabs her foot and trips yeah. her or something anyway. Um, so yeah. And then she grabs like a stick out of a snowman. Like this is one of the snowman's arm. And she's like heavy stick. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like trying to fight him off with that. And it doesn't work. And then she gets stabbed through this, through the sternum with an icicle, which is, yes. that's a feat in itself. I mean, right. Yeah. I understand if you went between the ribs or something, but no, it was dead center in the sternum. I mean, all yes. the way through it, it killed one, one sternum shot, immediate death, which is yes. Pretty terrible. Which yeah, it's a I said, we have uh, we have the homage there with the icicle, you know, killing right, right, yeah. So then they like, I mean, th- and now this was a cool scene. I thought is like when she was struggling in the snow, she kind of made like a snow snow angel. angel, yes. And then as he like pulled her body away, it kind of made it look like a like a like a skull, like a crying yes. skull almost. And I, that was yep. really cool. And again, at this point, I was like okay, this movie's like still going pretty good. Like this looks like yeah. it's going to be pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. But then we get cut back to like our main Riley, Riley stone. Yes. Yeah. Riley. And, uh, in, in class being taught by Gary, Gary always. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't remember what they're discussing. Uh, he says a quote, which is like your typical old timey, like, uh, you know, women are, are subservient to yeah. men, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and then he's like, you know, he calls on somebody to answer the question. Of course he calls on her. Um, and he says like, Oh, who do you think said that? You know, what do you think they mean by that? You know? And she basically just says, you know, Hey, they're, it's a man. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's a man that's talking, you know, about the ideals of his time and about how women are lesser than blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, well, ha, 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 it wasn't a man. It was a woman. You know, I mean, obviously he's just gripping for a, you know, Right. I told you so kind of kind of kind of comment. You know, she feels dumb and he probably feels superior, but she's just like, I just need to get out of here. <clears throat> yeah. And then we're you know, they're walking out and we get introduced to one of her friends that's like doing a petition to remove the bust of the founder because he had no, slaves. No, that that happened already. She did that campaign last year that got the can the, the founders had removed. Oh, this was to get rid of the professor, right? Well, the, to to one to change the professor's um, syllabus because, like, he's a, a li- you know English literature uh, professor, yeah. and, and in his syllabus in his class, he teaches only, only white men, right? And there's no other, there's no women, no people of color, no, no, nothing like that. And so she's protesting that you know there should at least be some kind of diversity here. Like there's diversity right. at the college, there should be diversity in the in the in the curriculum, which is a fair argument, right? Yes. Um. So yeah. So she's uh trying to get signatures for that. She's excited because she's got like you know well, I don't know whatever fifty signatures or something, which you know they're all excited because it's like oh this is you know more yeah more than we've ever gotten in this time of year or something like that. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So then yeah. So then they follow her to work. She works. She's a barista at a at a coffee shop. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, and she goes there, uh, you know, making making coffee. There's this one guy who's Landon, who's kind of yeah. like your your typical like super, you know, anxiety ridden shy guy, nerd. I mean, that, yeah, right. You can tell that DJ. He, right. You, you, <laughs> you can tell that he's got a thing for her, but he's like terrified about talking to her. Right. Yeah. Um. So he just kind of gets his coffee and just kind of like sheepishly leaves. But you know, they kind of share like you know a moment. Like they're you know at least getting. Um, yeah. And then, like, as he leaves, like, uh, this frat boy guy comes in, and you can just immediately see that Riley, like, it, like, crushes her, right? Like, she immediately, like, all the air gets let out of the room. Like, yeah, because he's, he's a bro. Right. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a bro. Uh, and then we get kind of introduced to the whole thing. Like, she was, um, you know, apparently raped by another um, frat boy um, from that guy's same fraternity. Yeah. Um, and, and I, from, what they again this is i don't remember how exactly they say it but this is just the gist of it is that um she accused him um nobody believed her the police wouldn't follow up on it um but you know obviously she stayed at the school but that guy eventually left on his own i think it sounded like he just graduated and left yeah um but yeah so he was he has been gone for a, a couple of years but anyway but you know she basically was not believed and then you know he got away with it more or less yeah, but she's still like you know upset whenever she sees people from that fraternity or you know whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. It. it yeah. And then, uh, you know, they have she has her friend or sorority sister. Um. You know, she gets back to her house, and she's like missing her period cup, her diva cup. Come on, her man, diva cup. Um. They realize you know she you know. New sister, she gives her a comb that was handed down, or was it a comb or like a, just like a hair thing? Well, she called it a comb, but it looked just like a hair. Th- you put in your hair as decoration, yeah, yeah. I don't know, some hair thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and they realize a couple things are are, are missing. Um, and she's talking about it's like you know, hey, I I'm supposed to be leaving. I have an exam. Blah blah blah. Um. And then somebody, they're supposed to be doing, hey, you know, here's this costume in a plastic bag. You're like, oh, it's a plastic bag, right? It's going to come into play. Um, And then she, but she was walking around and she sees like some new pledges at the big frat house. Um, like doing some pledge ritual, like hazing ritual, I'd say around the. Well, that was, yeah, that's later. That's after the show thing. Okay. Uh, uh well but, yeah, basically basically she's like she gives the, the girl the comb to like as a good luck thing, you know, because yeah. they show that um you know she was obviously a singer and a dancer before, but she doesn't want to do it now, but she's been coaching these other sorority girls to do a routine yeah. that they're going to do at the big frat house. This is at the same frat of, of the guy that, that raped her. Um right. but they're going to do some like routine thing and she's been like the coach and choreographer kind of thing. Um, so yeah, she gives her the thing for good luck, you know, because she was nervous about the whole, uh, you know, dance thing. Um, so then, yeah, so then that night they go to this, you know, whatever, I don't know what it is, a pageant, a talent show. I have no idea. Sure. I have no idea what it is. Um, but they're all dressed up like, you know, like the little sexy Santa outfits. Um, and it's a song. Well, I actually, actually, before that happens, the fourth girl, cause there's four girls in this show. Um, yeah. The fourth girl, they can't find the fourth girl. She goes to find the fourth girl. The fourth girl is essentially being like date raped by this asshole, uh, you know, 
frat, yeah. frat guy, which is the same frat guy that she saw in the coffee shop earlier. Um, yeah. So she essentially like kind of rescues the girl um, from there. Oh, she's drunk. <laughs> yeah, she's extremely drunk because so she was what was she drinking? It was tequila and what vodka together or something. Yeah. Oh, which sounds awful. Yeah, it does. It sounds terrible. It sounds worse yeah. than a scotchka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she, yeah, she's like super sick and throwing up. She's like, you know, holding her hair back kind of deal. Um, and she puts her in an Uber, sends her home. Um, and then she, you know, for some reason took her outfit. Like, I don't know what she wore home. I have no idea. Because she was wearing the outfit when the whole date rape thing was happening. And then all of a sudden she put her in an Uber and now she's holding the outfit, but she still has her regular clothes on. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Anyway. It's a good thing that they were the same size because they yep. basically convince her, well, you've been choreographing us. You know how to dance and sing. Um, yeah. You need to jump in this sh- in, the, in the show. We need a fourth. Yep. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of convincing. She decides to do the show. Now, the show is, um, <sighs> I mean, it is, the performance is terrible. Uh, but I, I'll just say that about the performance, about the, the individual singing and dancing section is terrible. It is not done. Yes. But the song is essentially a jab at this uh, fraternity and they're telling like the story in like a fun, rhymy way of what right, happened that. to Riley. Right. Yes. Of like how she was roofied and raped by the guy. Um, and of course, the whole fraternity got upset. So everybody that was like there, not from the fraternity, was like cheering them on. The fraternity people were were pissed because the actual yes. guy that raped her came back as an alumni for this talent show apparently so he was there in the audience so like you know him he's very very upset and then all of his you know frat brothers are very very upset um oh sorry i forgot the point you were saying that she saw the pledges in like that that thing she saw that while she was looking for that girl that's right in the room during some weird Hazy right. ritual in front of the bus that right. got moved. Yeah, the yeah the bus that had gotten moved. The bus was like crying like black blood, and they were like yeah. dipping their finger in the black blood and putting like a weird triangle on the pledge's forehead. Um, right. so it was like some kind of weird hazing ritual, but that was before the show anyway. Yeah. So that 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 was what I was yeah where I was trying to get around to, and I ended up forgetting <laughs> putting it there. But anyway, so that was before the show. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't come into play just yet. Right. Um. So yeah. So then uh, they essentially go home. And they start getting um, like threatening kind of messages from the from as the founder just right. on the unit and the yippee app. Right. Yeah. Well, well these are DMs. These are DMs coming yeah. from a, a person calling themselves the founder who is like Kelvin yeah. Hawthorne or something. Yeah. Um yeah, so they start getting all these messages like, "Oh, something bad's going to happen to you and your friends tonight." You know, all these like, you know, kind of like vaguely threatening messages. Right, um, because they find out that someone recorded their little jab. Right. And put it online. Right, right. Which is um, probably not okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fine, but the problem is, as you know, like the show itself would have been fine, but at the end of the show, like as they're running off stage, they name um, names. Yeah, she says, like, maybe that'll teach Brian to rape the next girl or something like that. Yeah. So, like, obviously the show itself was a jab at them, but it didn't have names in it. So, like, they knew who it was, you know. But the, in the video online, they show that part of her running away and saying that. So yeah. now it's like the names have been named and they're like, you know, now it's like they're, you know, it's a personal slight against them. So now they're that's when she's like getting very upset, like, hey, we need to you know do something about this. And at the same time, 
um, they're the one girl that was drunk the night before is now missing. She was she was supposed to leave. Right. She was supposed to leave, but uh, never made it because her mom calls Riley. Right. While like, they're looking for a Christmas tree. Right. You know, yeah. Like she was supposed to be on this train. She was supposed to be here hours ago. She's like, well, I'm not there right now. I'll have to check when I get back. So in this movie, we have a mom looking for, you know, first one was father. Second one was sister. This one's a mom. Yeah. And the mom. Yeah. The mom doesn't even show up physically. She just calls Correct. on the phone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, she's going to. um, Yeah. But we see her get uh attacked in the house right uh, uh, one sister right well yeah the girl that was looking for the diva cup yeah um she was going to leave as well but but she gets strangled by you know the guy in the mask and the hood um right. with like christmas lights they strangle well, she, her. right or well, she's looking for the cat whose name is yeah claudette, claudette. As, as a, yeah as the, the female version of claude from the first movie. right yes um, so that's because she was alone in the house. You know, they're trying to figure out what she's like. I don't have a, you know, Riley's like, I don't feel good about this. Something weird is going on. You know, they get the Christmas tree. They go set up, but she's going to go look for the missing story sister. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's very, very quickly finds out that, you know, she doesn't know where she is. She goes to the campus police to try to report them missing. Um, and she also mentions that she was getting these like threatening, messages um, right. and so she has so she tells the guy they're missing i'm getting these threatening messages like you know somebody might be targeting our house or whatever um and the guy just completely blows it off in like the most asshole way possible but i mean he does he does bring her she goes they go to the frat house where they're all away on a skiing trip and he goes i don't think there's anyone here you know it's like you know boys will be boys because right. this is what the theme of the movie is right um and she's like, you know, I don't see anyone there. So like, you need to ride back to campus. Like he was nice ish about it. Like he, like he took it seriously enough that he went there. Well, realized, he, he yeah, this took is it just... as seriously as he legally had to. Right. Cause he had to do something, but yeah, he right. did not believe her at all. Yeah. And so she's like calling her phone and seeing if any, there's any movement in the frat house. There's no, doesn't. And then Carrie, Carrie Ells pops up. It's like, you know, Hey, I have keys to this which is weird. Um, let me do this. And, you know, she knocks into his lit, knocks him and he drops a bunch of papers and folders. And she sees like a list of all the sorority sisters names on there. Right. Um, you know, talking about like, you know, why, you know, your friends, you know, uh, got the bus removed, trying to get me fired for something in the basement. Um, and he's like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know why she's doing this. And, you know, you really shouldn't have put the video online. You know, as a thousand, you know, people are angry, rightfully so, because she's like, well, the, you know, your point was like, oh, the show is fine. But then you name names. You know, you got to take this down. This is angering a lot of people. This isn't just an innocent little thing. Right. Um, And she didn't, she didn't realize that her friend put it up online. Right. Um. So then essentially... Uh, you know, they go, she goes back to her sorority house and going, how could you do that? And her friend, I'm saying this the nicest way possible is cringely woke about everything. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um, she's like annoying. 
to you know to know and she like she she just wants you know she has like I said she has good intentions um but she stays the the story sisters start arguing and one of the you know one of the story sisters her boyfriend's there and she's accusing him of being just like everyone else in the fraternity you know and he goes you know well, not all guys are like this how can you do this and like you know his girlfriend doesn't even go to defend him so it, he gets pissed off and leaves. Well, I mean, yeah, no. to be fair, he said a lot of shitty stuff first. But he did. They he were did. they were digging at each other. They were both saying yeah. shitty things to each other. So yeah, they're they were both at fault in the situation. Right. It's just a big escalation argument that happens with the sorry sisters and him and all that stuff. But you know, the one friend saying, "Hey, you have to leave," or you know, it was like, "You have to leave. You you took it too far." Right. Um. And then I believe all then all of a sudden there is like he hears a weird buzzing sound and his he starts he changes a little bit like oh he's drinking beer he never drink beer I like beer you know what's right. wrong with liking beer um and then we have a mass assailant show up right with what bow and arrow a bow and arrow yes <laughs> yeah um and you know he actually picks up like a little hatchet because everyone just has a hatchet. Yeah, it was, it was like by, it was like by the tree. Yeah, so I think they were. I don't know, maybe using it to trim the tree. I don't know. What it was a real tree, so they're probably using the hatchet to like make it to the point to get into the stand to screw it down, just like real trees do. Probably yeah. in some water or something. Um, but he goes to defend the girl, the the sorority sisters, right? Well, they get, uh, not yeah, they get a, they get attacked first. Um, the one girl, his girlfriend gets hit in the leg um, yeah. and then they run upstairs to hide um, and they're like hiding in like a closet or something. I don't know. They don't really say what it is. Um, yeah. And then they basically like decide like some because they leave all their phones downstairs so they can't call the police. So they basically vote um, Riley to go because the one girl is like, you know, stopping the bleeding on her leg and yeah. they vote Riley to go out and try to get a phone. Um, and then she is like sneaking around the house with like a broken broom handle. Yes. Um, she's sneaking around the house. Um, she, you know, obviously trying to stay away from the guy, like hiding behind furniture and shit. Um, and then she gets into the, um, in the front room and she sees like the phone on the ground. She starts moving towards the phone. And then that's when she hears another person come in. And then it's, that's the boyfriend. Okay. So the boyfriend comes in and he's like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to apologize. You know, I went too far. You know, I don't know what came over me kind of thing. Um, she's like, he's like, that's not me. I just want to apologize. I'm really sorry to everybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's when she says like, we were attacked. Like, you know, your girlfriend got hurt. You know, we're, we're trying to save her. I need your phone to call the police. And then he goes like, you know, all chivalrous and he goes, Oh, somebody hurt my girl. I'm going to, I'm going to get him." So then he yeah. picks up the hatchet and then he's like, come on out, you coward. And then the guy comes out and like shoots an arrow right through his eye and he dies. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, the guy comes, you know, she gets like kind of scared and the guy comes in and attacks her. Um, she's like trying to reach the hatchet. She can't reach it, but she ends up reaching the guy's keys and she makes yeah. the, the Wolverine claws in her hand and then she stabs the guy in the neck yes. um, and he dies. Yes. Um, so th the other girls come down at this point, um, you know, the one girl sees her boyfriend dead on the ground and gets very upset, um, you know, and then they're like, they go to take the mask off of the guy to see who it was. 
And then another masked person shows up. Yep. Uh, this one doesn't have a bow and arrow, but this one is also, you know, as does obviously not have good intents, you know? Yeah. Um, so the one girl, um, the one with the hurt leg decides to like do a standoff like, with, yeah, with the I'm guy. Protecting you guys. Yeah, with, the, is... with the hatchet. Right. She does the standoff thing. And then, uh, the, you know, the woke girl and Riley go in the kitchen and hide. They hide behind the counter. Biggest um, island. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a big island in the kitchen. So, yeah, the girl with the hatchet ends up. Yeah. The guy like takes the, another guy shows up at the door. Yeah. Um, so there's two mass guys. Well, there was three total now. One's dead. But now there's two live mass guys. Uh, the one guy just takes the hatchet right out of her hand and just kills her with it. Yeah. Um, just hits her in the, in the gut. There's a scene of like they show her. She's kind of still sort of alive, like reaching towards a phone. Right. Um, but that's but that's it. Um, and then they hide in the kitchen while the guy is like walking around. Um, they do like a cut to like police like showing up at a, well, at no, a house. They get the the the, the what, what? No, that's a little bit later. They well, no, it, it happens. They, he, now. Gets a, he, he gets a phone call saying that there's an emergency call from the story house. He's like, oh, shit, right. it's the girl from earlier. Right. Um, And then it, well, then he shows up to the house. And he goes inside and he sees it's the other sorority house. And they have are like stabbing one of the masked people to death. Right. He's like thinks he's gonna shoot them, then he gets stabbed. Right, and the then back. he gets stabbed in the back. It's basically just they're like they you thought they were gonna get saved by the police showing up, but the police kind of called. Yeah. Because they showed that girl reaching towards the phone to lead you to that. And then you hear a phone call saying right, that right. yeah, 911 call come thing. in. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so anyway, so they go to like they hear the guy leave the room, the door close, and they're like, "Okay, he's gone." So the the woke girl guys tries walking out, and then as we see as the camera pans out, the guy is standing on top of the counter, right? Um, and he goes to uh, attack her, and there's like you know they they fight back and forth, um, and they manage to to kill him instead. But they realize they're they're looking at their clothing like this isn't blood. Right. Well, it's they black. Yeah, they turned the lights back on because the guy yeah. when they were walking around the house, they turned all the lights off. Right. Um, yeah. They 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 see that it's like black. It's like black yep. blood and not real blood. And they take the the mask off, and it's the the boy that she saw uh, getting, getting hazed. hazed earlier with the triangle on his head, and the triangle is still there, but it's the same black blood that's like yep. apparently in his veins now. Right. Um, so they're like, okay, like, you know, what the hell is going on? So they, they run out to, um, they go get the keys out of the guy's neck. Yes. <laughs> and then they take that, his, uh, truck, who's right out front. Uh, they jump in, they start it up. The guy with the arrow comes back, shoots an arrow into the door, but doesn't hit anybody. And they manage to drive away. Um, and then yeah. she is like, well, we have to go, you know, save people. We have to go help everybody because it looks like they're attacking everyone. All, all sorry houses. Right, right. Um, so they're like, oh, you know, okay, well, the one girl is like, we have to go back and save everybody. The other one's like, we need to go to the police station. Yeah. So she's like, all right, let me out. So she lets her out, the woke girl out. She's going to go to the other, you know, station. And then Riley just keeps driving out. And yeah. Then, and then she, then she finds other story sisters in the car. Right. Yeah. And then they all jump yeah. in the car and they find out that at least, um, the, yeah, at least three sororities. So yeah, the two sororities and then one more had been yeah. attacked in the same night. Right. Yeah. Um, and then she she ends up running into Landon. Right. And she's like, "Hey, you gotta help me out. Enter the fraternity because he's part of it." 
I believe. Or, or is no, he, he wasn't. He's- he wasn't part of it, but he um he was their DJ, so he yeah. at least had a reason to go in to get right. his equipment back because he left but, it there. Right, and he starts making. He's essentially a distraction. Right. I would say he starts cussing, throwing stuff, breaking everything. Right. Um. That yeah. Then then she get well. She gets knocked out. Um, Riley does. Yeah. I thought she gets knocked out and get, then gets tied up and wakes up. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, what happened is is yeah, the the distraction works, um, and then you know they all kind of attack Landon, and then she manages to make her way up to the hazing room. She opens yeah. the door. She sees the bust of the the founder with the black blood coming out of his eyes, and she goes to move towards it, and then the lights come on, and then everybody is waiting for her in the room. Oh, then. Oh, yeah. Her friend is tied up. Not her. Right. The the one that she saved from getting date raped earlier. Right. The Who one that was the missing. Hair, the right. hair, whatever, too. Right. Yeah. She was she was tied up in one of the bedrooms. Uh, yeah. I think the same bedroom she was in before. And then they yeah, she saves her and then they go. And sorry. Then the, the bust room happens. Um. And then, you know, she goes to move towards that light comes on. All the hooded guys are still standing in the room uh, with the masks on and everything. Um, And then she like goes to help her. And it it becomes very obvious that her friend is like part of it. Yes. Um, So she's she's taking her rightful place besides besides a man that she's there to serve. men. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then um, she realized that she stole all these items. This was missing diva cup, her hair thing. They're like on a tray next to the bus, so there's some right. sort of ritual going on, right? Um, and was that when we find out that uh that guy leading this is Cherry Ells, right? Yep, yep. Is he unmasked himself? Like, hey, this is the plan. You know, we found we wouldn't have found this without the bus being moved. And essentially, they start getting brainwashed, and then they like initiate yeah. Landon into it. Right. Well, yeah. That, so he they starts get hearing this, like, the noise. Super, super weak explanation where they say uh, the founder feared what women could do if they like took their own power back. So he made a method to superpower men so that like if fail safe, yeah, yeah. So if women got too strong. They could use this, like, uh, you know, whatever super energy to, like, make an army of men that could go out and kill all women. And all all they needed, yeah, and all they needed was some kind of, like, you know, a voodoo tie to them by, like, some item that belonged to them so they can show it to the soldiers and then they would go out and kill the person that that item belonged to. Right. You know, these guys, these men will go into Congress. They'll become president. They'll go in businesses. They'll control the world again. Right. Yeah. And yeah, somehow the founder in the 1800s made this like, not only is there some kind of radio signal that like primes them to be real men again, but then they, they get inducted with this like blood and then they become like mindless soldiers. Right. Um, which, yeah. So, yeah, that's essentially what's going to happen. Um, there's like, you know, a kind of a, a scene where um, the girl who thinks that she's on their side now also gets betrayed um, because they can't trust any women. You know, they have to eliminate all of them. Right. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, like as they're, you know, gonna do basically gonna kill, oh no, they're trying, they kill that girl. Yes. Um, and then they're trying to get the other girl to bow to like kneel, kneel to them or whatever, which I don't understand why they would kill the one who willingly kneeled and then are trying to force the one who doesn't want to, to kneel. Like it's very obvious that they're going to kill you anyway. I mean, why would you bother? Right. Um, but yeah, so she kneels long enough to like set them, you know, off balance. And then right. she tries to like run to um the bust, which yeah. which fails, but as she gets like stopped and knocked down, the door breaks open and the the woke girl and her army of the surviving sorority sisters all come in with bow and arrows. Yep, and they start taking out the bros. Right, and they start taking out the bros. And okay, now this is this is what I like to call the Hunger Games effect. <laughs> now, okay, like being into archery and all that, that's cool. You know, I get it. Bow and arrow hurts people. I understand. But like people constantly fight with the bow as if it's a weapon. Right. Now, a bow is is extremely fragile. Like if you hit something hard with the bow, it's going to yeah. break it. Also, your the string's very tight. It's very it's tied back. It's right. tight because of bow, the string. Like a good bow is not heavy. It's extremely no. light. It would be very fragile and very ineffective as a weapon. But because they see, okay, to be fair, Legolas did do the same thing in the Lord of the Rings. But I'm guessing Elven bows, Atreus does. Atreus does too. Well, yeah, but that's but later. His, his, well, he's dwarf. Oh, he's a dwarf. A dwarf made. Oh, so it's right. stronger. That's fair. Well, yeah, like Legolas, <laughs> like, okay, like he's an elf. Like this is their fighting style. Yeah. I get it. But like these bows that they're using in this movie are just like archery competition bows, which are like lightweight. Again, extremely yeah. lightweight and extremely fragile. And they're using them like weapons. But again, I call it the Hunger Games effect because there's a lot of movies where they use these bows as just weapons. In placement um, of swords, almost. Right, yeah. I mean, like, again, to be <laughs> fair, I mean, it happens in a lot of movies. Like, Hawkeye does the same thing in the Avengers. It's it's just goofy. Bows are not meant to be melee weapons. It's just... Correct. Don't. Like, you could use anything. Else. Use your bare hands would be better than using a bow. But they insist on using the bow as a yeah. weapon anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, there's a whole lot of that. Um, and as they're fighting, of course, um, Riley finds the opportunity to run up and smash the bust. Yep. Um, and then what I thought was a very weirdly ironic and off-putting thing is they, they kind of like the, the, the running theme of the whole movie is like the girl power thing, right? Yes. Um, and then at the very end, she needs Landon to fight for her anyway. Yep. Which is, I felt like very wrong. Like, why can't she just fight for herself? Why did, why did you have like, again, with this whole theme of this movie up until now it's about like you know women empower themselves and do anything i I get it great why are you why are you like sitting there on the ground and letting this other dude fight for you why can't she just do it herself right even though he was even though he was possessed he was i'd say he was he's not he's the idea is he's not an alpha male he's a beta right but he's there protector just like the other girl's boyfriend didn't join he, like he was in the same initiation but he didn't join his his bros he fought for them right he protected them so he's doing the same thing um but yeah essentially she smashes the the bust mm-hmm. and then she sets carrie on fire um they start kind of 
leaving everything there. They locked the door and set, set the entire fraternity on fire. Right, which is um, pretty shitty because they know, yeah. like, once the bust broke, like, Landon snapped back to his normal self. Correct. The spell was broken. Which means a lot of the other people in that room probably were like, what the hell happened? Yes. What's going on? And so they trapped them all in this burning room. So essentially, yep. like, a lot of those people just got shit up murdered. Yep. Because it's not like they didn't know. No, they knew because the one person they let escape, you know, the yeah. same thing happened to them and they just let everybody else die. Like, I mean, I get, you know, the frat boys and Carrie Elwes, I understand. Yeah, let them burn. I get it. But like all those other people, <laughs> like they're the pledges just, that didn't yeah, know. Right. Yeah. Like they didn't know what they're getting into. Yeah. So, yep. That's. That's, that's how the movie ends. Um, yeah. <laughs> first thoughts for you? Uh, I know you. you know, the initial kill you thought was like, okay, this is going to be... Again, I thought it was going to be good. I thought I had hoped that it was going to be good up until... Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact moment. I believe it was, like you said, when the when the woke roommate, they started getting in that fight. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that was the moment where I was like, okay, I see where this is going. Like, this is not just like an exposition thing anymore. This is the whole theme of the movie. Yes. And at that point, I was just like, uh, you know, it, it was just, yeah, at, at that point, it lost me. But up until that point, I still had faith that it could be good. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't great up until that point, but it wasn't bad either. No. I mean, this is, this is probably my second or third time watching this. Yeah, it's only three years old at this point in time. Mm. But, you know, watching with the wife, even she was going, this is too much. Right? Right. Um, And that's this is the carefulness that we have to tread with this. I mean, we discussed, you know, the first one and the second one being a product of its time period. And this one is a product of the time period, too. It's part of the, the time period of the Me Too movement. Yeah. But like, I mean, like, again, don't get me wrong. That's what I said. Let me let me finish my <laughs> statement before you make a judgment on me. Me too movie. Yeah. All for it, right? Anybody yes. in power that tries to get away with, you know, assault or, or you know, any kind of overpowering women because they're abusing their their power. Yes, of course. These people should be brought to account. I have no problem with that at all. Yes. They should be, right? Yeah, um, oh, two, destroy the patriarchy. Yes, I understand that men have controlled things and institutions for a very long time, and that needs to be brought down and it needs to be destroyed and, and <laughs> things need to be done to change that. I get that. I'm I'm all for that. Um, yes. You know, and, and, and this movie, it just it's just so heavy handed with it. It's just it doesn't there's no there's no like nuance to it. There's no real story to this. It's just like an anvil falling on your head. You know what I mean? It's, it's extreme. like it's right. extreme. There's no like they don't try to explain it at all. It's just like once you get to a certain point in the movie, just men are just evil, you know, yep. and and and. and that's it. That's there's there's no way around that, and it's so ridiculous that they found this like black goo, which makes alpha males into super alpha males. Right? Like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Again, like you know, should the founders you know bust have been removed? Like yeah, like she said, he was a slave owner, and he yeah. was a proud slave owner in the north. Yes, obviously, you know, if you, especially if you have a diverse you know campus, yes, obviously needs to go away. <laughs> You right. know, like they're doing all around the country now. A lot of, you know, places are fighting it very hard. But you know what? Eventually they're losing out. A lot yes. of these, you know, Confederate statues and, and monuments and that stuff are going away as they should. Yeah. So, like, that's a win. But, uh, you know, like they're they're going, you know, again, like any 
literature professor that has all white men in his curriculum, yes, is missing the point of, of the modern world, right? That's right. the whole thing is that, yes, these people had such a large voice. And that's because they controlled everything for such a long time. So you got to try to mix everybody's voices in there. Um, again, right. it may be lopsided towards white men, especially in classic literature, but that's because they controlled the world then. So in order right. to if change so, yeah. it, you have to mix it up. Right. Yeah. Especially if you go, if it's classic literature, if it's like 1700s writings, it's going to be skewed that way. hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, again, it, dep- it depends on the class. Right. Realistically, it does. Right. So yeah, the, I mean, basically the whole thing I'm trying to get across here is just about every major point that they're making or fighting for in this movie. I agree with. <laughs> I yes. do. <laughs> but the way that it's it's brought up, just the the like I said, this ridiculous, just ham fisted method that yes. they 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 just you know put it in there, and it, it's just I don't know, and it, it just it's kind of infuriating towards the end. Um, and, yeah, and again, I, mean, I don't know if I'm feeling it, especially because I'm a dude, right? But yeah, um, yeah, I was I was like kind of sort of angry towards the end. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like realistically in horror movies men are evil it's always going after women most slashers right it's, that's just that's the nature of horror movies and that that you see that in the first two black christmases you know that you have essentially the the two boyfriends are potential suspects and that's a very common thing in horror movies especially slashers we don't know who the killer is right but like i said this is you know, very ham-fisted like we understand that's the point of horror movies and a lot of these things is that's the idea behind it. We don't really have strong female leads in horror movies except for like Ripley and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, it's even the wife goes, okay, this is too far. Right. And again, <laughs> like I said, I agree with all these things. And you know, yes. the, if you want to have a movie where the women win out over, you know, an evil group of men, it absolutely can be done. Right. Just this yeah. movie is not done well. It's presented Correct. in such a terrible way that it makes everyone angry. Yes, and that's the, that's the whole thing. I, I, I think it could have been done in a much better way. Like again, I'm not I'm not looking to be soften the blow on me as a man. I don't. I'm, I'm not. That's not what I'm upset about. I'm just saying like this movie is so. I don't. I, like I said, it's like getting hit in the head with an anvil. Right. You know, it's, like, it's it yeah. comes at you so hard and so fast that it's like, what is this? This is ridiculous. Right. I don't like bros. <laughs> not at all i mean again all of these things all the reasons why they're yeah. upset are valid and they, they yes. absolutely yes you should overthrow all this fucking shit but just the way that they say it the way that it's presented yep. is so infuriating that i just made right me her friend her friend is just painful to listen to right yeah it's like somebody like you know knows what a you know an sjw social justice warrior is and then just like turned it up to like 12 <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, okay, nobody is this ridiculous. Correct. All right. But on that note, highlights for you though. Um, highlights was I mean, I liked the way that the movie was was done. I mean, like the um I guess like the effect, you know, the the uh the acting, the way that it was presented, like I mean the exposition and the whole like first half of it yeah. was done really well. I mean, it was like I said, I was I was very hopeful up until that point that this was gonna be a good movie that they were leading to something interesting. Um, yes. And it just ended up not going that way. So up until a certain point before that turn happened, it was, it was good. I would say it was, it was a pretty valid movie. I would say halfway through it. I probably liked this one better than I liked the second one. Yeah. Um, but again, it just took a hard turn that changed it. So like, yeah, highlights is like the first half of the movie. Low points would be the <laughs> second half of the movie. Um, yeah, that's, 
that's yeah. absolutely that's absolutely fair like yeah. the highlights for me definitely you know they did do homages to the original like this is this is not a classic remake it is a reimagining by far not even the same character names like it they updated it a lot to the point where it's just a very loose interpretation of the original yeah, like this one, this one felt like they rewrote the whole screenplay. Like this is like, yes. there's some floating elements from the original, but it's, but yeah. it's very few. Um, so we're like the second one, again, it, it felt like just a different interpretation of the same script. This one really feels like it's like a total turn. It's a completely different movie. Right, right. It could have been, it could have been something other than Black Christmas. Yes. Quite honestly. Yes. Um, Should have been called like Frat Boy Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so highlights definitely low points. I don't think we need a supernatural element to it. That's these were never that way. Yeah, I yeah, I totally agree. I was like, as as soon as I figured out that this was that what was actually happening. Yeah, I mean, because you know sometimes in in movies they do that to where it like ends up being like, okay, of of course not, that's ridiculous. But you know, like they kind of give you that feeling is like, ooh, maybe it is going supernatural. But this one just like ended up going there anyway, and it was just yeah. Well, they they didn't need they didn't need the the bros, the frat boys, to have an additional reason for being assholes, right? Yeah, I mean they're probably assholes enough as it was, as they've proven. Like you know, the one guy, you know raped the girl and the rest of them protected him so yeah they're right. assholes enough already they don't need to be ultra assholes right they don't need the element of this brainwashing to be that's the reason the guys are acting that right. way like i said i i think it takes away from all the things they were fighting oh for absolutely by having it be some weird supernatural thing absolutely when it could have just been assholes like you're just yeah. fighting assholes and that's okay it could have been the same movie just take yeah. away the black goo yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, uh, it might have been a slightly better if they did that. Yeah, and the, and the low points, you're right, is not everyone, like, the, the pledge wasn't, didn't know what he was getting into. Yeah, they're grooming him to be that bro, but he wasn't there. Who knows? And they just they just killed all men. Right. You know, extreme as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, you know, just like that, <laughs> just like that, that argument they were having in the kitchen where he's like, yeah, not all men are that bad. And then she went, you did you just not all men me? And so like to get back at him for that, she just decided to kill all the ones that she could. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right. So not your nice list. Where would, would you give um, this to someone who's been bad to you or nice to you? I would give this to someone if they are on the naughty list. Only if I could make sure they would watch the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to yeah. like if you just turn this movie off, it, it wouldn't upset you that much. But if you had to watch the whole thing and just yes. keep going. So, yes, if I have any uh, white male friends that I don't like, <laughs> I would make them watch this movie all the way through. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. That's the same same reasons on my night list. It's this isn't. This isn't a a good movie in the franchise if you want to call it a franchise you know what i mean it, it's yeah. you can go you can not watch this movie and get away with it and be perfectly fine and enjoy the first two movies yeah like <laughs> i said it's it's such a a departure from the first yeah. two that it really yeah you're not missing much correct like i said i'm all i'm all for reimaginings but this is just this went too far mm-hmm. for what it was 
you know, I I'd rather watch easily Rob Zombie Halloween's than hey. this Black Christmas. <laughs> those are good. I that's what I'm saying. I'd rather watch those. All right. So for you, Mr. Salem, how many peepholes out of ten? And there were no peepholes in this movie. No, there wasn't. <laughs> uh let me see. I will give it four peepholes out of ten. It's because again, that first half of the movie was was all right. It was pretty good. Yeah, the second, it was gonna be an interesting yeah, twist. Right. The second I mean, half yeah. would would take off all the points. Yeah. I'm right with you. I'm I'm going down to a four. It became very cult-ish, very supernatural, which was never the point of the first of the original Black Christmas. Right, but again, they went supernatural to the point to where it was like, you know, I mean, yeah, men are are assholes, and we need to fight them, right? Okay, that's fine. That's that that could be the whole plot of the movie. But now we're supernaturally controlling them. Why? Right. (laughs) Why? Why are you doing that? They sound like they're assholes. That they would have done this of their own free will. Why are you putting yes. this weird supernatural yep. mind control element in it? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, the the twist was just too much. Yeah. But like yeah, you're trying to make a point about, you know, the patriarchy, whatever, and then you lessen your own point by making it yep. brain control. Like just make them, you know, assholes. Like, you know, make them patriarchal assholes. That's okay. Just yeah. You were being so ham handed with everything else. I don't know why you can't just keep going through. Keep the follow through. Yeah. So Sorry right, if I, I mean, offended anyone with my statements. Yes, we do apologize. Like I said, this is. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, so overall, though, this was a pretty decent week for Christmas horror movies. Yeah. No. Yeah. Overall, this was um, a, a much uh, improved over the last week. <laughs> yes, and we, we we won't know until we watch the final week of this because I haven't seen anything else. Oh, you haven't seen this. any of these last three? Either? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find out together, I guess. Yep, these will be first watches. So, uh, on that note, you know, happy holidays. This is coming out for for Christmas. We had to, you know, do Black Christmases for Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- on that, like I said, on that, you know, stay tuned for the next episode. We'll, we will be concluding our 13 Slays of Christmas. You know, we'll be discussing, uh, I, these are kind of home invasion-ish you know, or or assault, not assault, but you know, like, you know, uh, I guess invasions. I think one takes place at an ATM. That's why it's called ATM. What? Um, I know, right? So we have, you know, older movie, The Dorm That Drip Blood, which I have not seen. Um, and then we have ATM and Better Watch Out. So said so neither of us had seen any of these movies. But yeah, that's our last week for 13 Slays of Christmas. So. Salem, why don't you see us out there? Uh, sure. This is Salem saying, long live the new flesh. And this is Graveyard saying, have you checked on the children? Good night. Good night.